What is up, guys? Zach in here. Rick in here. And in today's video, we're going to break down exactly how to find motivated sellers. We're going to share an unlimited seller's hack, if you will, and uh, really give you a beginner's guide of finding motivated sellers and exactly how to actually go out there, find hot leads daily for you to go out here, fill your pipeline, and get the leads that you deserve, the deals that you deserve, and get it ready to go. Because I think one of the biggest questions people have, especially when they're starting out wholesaling, it's like, it's a big fallacy. It's like, you see a bunch of these people struggling in wholesaling real estate, right? And like, they're struggling, they can't get a deal, they can barely get leads. And then you see this person, maybe the same age or experience, and they got these leads flooded and they're posting checks and you feel very disgruntled and you know what's going on. And generally when you see someone doing better than you in wholesaling real estate, it's not because they're a better closer they're better at Dispo than you. It's usually a big marketing gap that I've seen. And mm -hmm. most of the time, some of these people are even working less than you or they're marketing less. It's insane. Um, so we're going to break down this hacks, uh, a lot of the myths people have with marketing and really how to find motivated sellers. Because truthfully in the business right now, that is the hardest part in wholesaling real estate is actually going out there and finding motivated sellers. Uh, so we're going to break it down today. So I'm pumped up for this. I'm excited. Are you ready to go? I'm pumped, dude. I'm ready because, I mean, marketing is the lifeline of this business, right? Mm -hmm. It's it, everything. It's it's everything, guys. So let's get it going. we got a lot of people on today. I'm always excited for the people coming on and excited just to share our sheer knowledge for wholesaling real estate when it comes to finding sellers and we're ready to go. So um, I love everyone on today. we got everyone from around the entire country. Let's go. I'm excited, guys. So if you're ready to go, if you're ready to learn this business from scratch, actually how to get it going, how to learn wholesaling real estate, guys, do us a big favor and smash that like button and subscribe. And let's break it down because the, the problem is I'm always excited. You're always excited, but we got to pump the people up. Let's do it. So when we talk about marketing, you got to get jacked for it because that's the most important part of this business. So without further ado, let's cue it in. Woo! So Fuck out of bed, bitch. Go. Get up, get up, and they got gold. Time to wake up, time to wake up, bitch. Get up. Get up, get up, get up. Get up. Oh yeah, I love it. <laughs> Every so single time, there's a new thing I see in that video, and I don't know how many times you played it, but always a new thing in that uh, pump up video. I always love it. I'm excited. So uh, let's break it down, guys. So this is the video where we're talking about finding sellers as a beginner. We're ready to go. Um, everyone knows that usually on Thursdays we have our one on one calls with everyone in the mastermind, but um, change it a day. Um, had to change our schedule. So today's the day. Uh, with the mastermind where everyone can hop on, talk to us one-on-one -on -one after we're done kind of talking about the topic of the day and uh, ask your wholesaling real estate questions live to us, be mentored one-on-one -on -one, um, and we do it. So we're excited about this one. So let's kind of break down exactly like 
let's start it from the top, you know, going out here and finding motivated sellers, finding leads, quote unquote, unlimited you know, amount of leads. It, it really, if you're a beginner in this business, marketing is really what you should be focusing on. I truly believe acquisitions and dispositions kind of comes naturally mm-hmm. to a point because a lot of acquisitions I've seen is just, just connecting with a seller, just really talking about their issues and then just seeing how much they want to sell the house for and get the best price. And it really comes naturally where the marketing, it's like, that's the thing that's constant work. You know, it doesn't really feel like work going on appointments or talking to a seller because it's just natural. You have a deal, like just sell, like there's plenty of buyers for it. Now it's the marketing that's the hard part. And that's really where where I want to talk about today because we did a poll, I believe a week ago where it's like, what are you struggling the most on? A lot of people are struggling with marketing and that's where I think we should be focusing on, right? Yeah. I, I will tell you as, sorry about that, as a wholesaler, your, your number one skill set, you have to be a wicked marketer. Like it, it's, I always tell you people, I, I'm really good at connecting with people, but that skill set would go wayside if I didn't know how to market. So remember, marketing is a vehicle that connects you to the motivated sellers. Um, it eventually connects you to the cash buyers. And if you stop marketing, you don't have to worry about acquisitions or dispositions anymore because it won't happen. So I'm telling you guys, your number one skill set, especially in the first 90 days of wholesaling, is 100% marketing. Because if you don't do that right, nothing else will work. I agree. And this kind of comes down to marketing. It's like, what is marketing, right? To, to a point. So like, let's just kind of define the marketing, how to find. So marketing is, if I have to say it like one sentence, it's just like finding motivated sellers, right? Like that's what it is. And this kind of bring, brings us to like, what's a motivated seller things like. So the point of marketing, in my opinion, is just finding somebody who wants to sell their house and then asking them the qualifying questions. And that's it. Because again, wholesaling real estate has those three key components, marketing, acquisitions, dispositions, and each one has their own separate goals. So goal of marketing, which I've seen when really look at wholesaling just from a, you know, a macro perspective, it's like marketing is all you got to do is find somebody who wants to sell their house and they're qualified enough. And now acquisitions job is just to find somebody who wants to sell their property and it's qualified. And all acquisitions does is write a contract. It, like, did I say closing technique, something sexy? No, no. It's like just signing a contract to really what acquisitions is about. Now, sign the best contracts, the best, right? But at the end of the day, that's acquisitions job. Their job isn't to be calling uh, a bunch of people and, and qualifying them and asking like acquisitions should have qualified leads already or semi-warm leads. And then dispositions is just selling that contract and they all got to work together. But generally that's what like, I mean, let me know if you agree, like from our business and every business I've seen, you can do virtual physical wholesaling. That's what it is. Cause once a- acquisition starts doing the marketing side or the dispo, side, it gets weird, right? They got to be separated. Yeah. Well, my favorite part of marketing is when you put all these deals together, it always feels good as the person doing the marketing, like, okay. Because remember, when you find the really good deal, the dispo part of it, that's just that's just like part of the math equation. It's just a number. Remember, all good deals come from marketing. And, and if you can understand that, you can make mistakes on the acquisition side. You can do it on the dispo side. You can do it on the accounting side. I'm just telling you, the quicker you master marketing, 
the better you're going to do in this business. Actually, and I've never met a successful wholesaler that was not a phenomenal marketer. So the really cool thing about marketing is you have to take good advice. Don't ever wing marketing on your own. Meaning uh, I see people write their own marketing pieces and they go on and on. I've taught you less is more in marketing. You have to leave some sort of intrigue. It's critical. And the biggest piece of marketing, guys, and you've all heard me and Zach talk about it before, you have to be extremely consistent even when you're not good at it because consistency is what will beat out all your saturated markets because here's what most people do. We, I talked about this yesterday. In a saturated market, 90% of the saturation is from rookies and people don't know what they're doing, people that took a course off of TikTok. And I'm here to tell you, you will not, those people will all quit within 30 to 60 days. They'll all quit. I see it all the time in probates. Hey, Rick, I tried probates once and I quit. Just quit now. Don't even start it. I'm telling you, you have to be consistent. That's how you get deals in wholesaling. I agree. And here's one extra thing too. I think people get very a misconception with our channel. If you want to learn wholesaling real estate, I got the dog in here. He's just chilling today. But the thing is with wholesaling real estate, it's like the biggest misconception is like, if you want to be successful in this business, you have to get a mentor. And I'm not like, I'm not going to tell everyone you got to go pay for a mentorship or anything. Like you could, but the reason why you want to go after a mentor is if you're just branding this business, learning what marketing strategy is the best, what list is the best, that trial and error, trial and error is terrible. Like it's like, if you just go cold turkey without watching anything, without watching any wholesaling content, you just try it on your own, you're going to fail. It'll take you five years to master it. But like, if you could find someone like me on YouTube or just someone in general saying, Hey, this is a good list. This is a bad list for this market. Mm -hmm. You're going to go a lot farther into marketing because listening to you and me, when you ask us a question, we've been through the mistakes, right? We've learned what type of marketing stinks, what's good, what's bad. Um, a lot of the mistakes you're going to find is like, we've been through it before. So ask us, right? Um, you can always pay for a course. Like I'm not going to say no for anyone to pay in course, but like we don't sell courses and what we do want to, we still want to be your mentor because I want you to learn from our mistakes and we made tons of mistakes in the past for wholesaling. Mm -hmm. so, probably hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of dollars we have lost of just acquisitions, mistakes, um, especially the marketing. So um, that's what we're going to break down today. So really when it comes to your marketing, we're going to share exactly what we've seen. I, here's a little secret. I still make mistakes to this day, 20 yeah. years into it. And anyone who says they've got it all mastered, they're 100% lying to you. It's, it's a constant evolving market, true business. You just need more successes and failures. But if you try to eliminate your failures, you will never, ever be in business. Yeah. It, there's always going to be failures, but the thing is, cause this business is constantly adapting. That's why we go live so much. It's like this business changes. Well, I think that's why people struggle with the traditional education system and then how real business works. Cause in traditional business, you take a test, you prepare, you prepare, you take it. Traditional education. Yeah. And you get kind of like a pass fail. Let's, let's say either you got like an F I got a few F's um, or you get like a, B, C, D. Yeah. Okay. I can tell you the business world, is completely different. Yeah. It's you have to fail to succeed, but I prefer you don't go at it blindly. You should have some guidance. I, I think my 20 years plus his five-year journey, 
is plenty to kind of get you on the way. But guys, if you don't have failures, I don't care what business you're doing, you're not trying hard enough because I've had a lot of failures in wholesaling, but I've had more successes and failures. And I remind myself, so when I do have a failure, I kind of move on and I don't beat myself up about it. And you guys need to do the same, especially when you're just getting starting. Because in the beginning, you're going to have more failures than successes. And the idea of working with me and Zach is to try to, not try, is to pivot that from success exceeding your failures. That's like if that's, the coolest part about it is like no one remembers your failures. Yeah. Nobody remembers the shots Michael Jordan really missed. He made some pretty awesome ones. But like at the end of the day, like your wins are going to be, they are going to supersede your losses especially in the future, like guys, you just got to keep going. And that's so let's kind of talk about marketing right now because people are struggling getting deals. They're struggling finding these leads. And we really got to base it back to like, like the biggest myth and conceptions, misconceptions in wholesaling because that video dude yesterday about saturated markets. I think a lot of people learned that like yesterday. It's like, a lot of people think, oh, my market saturates terrible. And what you've noticed and what you can even research, like the top people in like the top markets around the country on quote unquote saturated markets, they don't care. Yeah. The cream will always rise mm. to the top. It's like, do you think Steph Curry is scared of how many people want to be in the NBA? He just rises above it, right? Like he doesn't care. And also keep everyone saturated. There's the population is bigger than ever. There's more yeah. houses than ever. There's yeah. going to be more and more people going and technology like this connects us. Dude, saturation, don't use it as an excuse because it's a cop-out, okay? Obviously, if you're in New York City and you're a beginner and you're starting in Manhattan, you got to kind of wrap your head around, like, is this a feasible I've talked to, to people in Brooklyn that are wholesaling, like, they're making, yeah. but remember, this is like San Francisco. We've talked, I've, I've interviewed people from San Fran, $100,000 deals, but they've been in that yeah. market forever. They do weird land. So if you guys get on with me and Zach today and if you're, you say, hey, my market's saturated, I'm going to ask you really factual questions. Actually, no, I will, I will, if you tell me your market's saturated, I'll list you two people I know make seven figures in that market most likely. Yeah. Like, I come on. Saturation so, is your personal interpretation of what's going on in your market. So unless you have data to back it up, and honestly, what are you going to quit? Like, I, we don't quit in wholesaling. You are the elite 5% that wants something completely different for you and your family. Just please don't use the word saturation because I've heard it since 2002 and three. It's a, it, we'll, we'll break it down. So when we have to talk about finding motivated sellers, first of all, we have to define what is a motivated seller. In my opinion, a motivated seller is somebody who just wants to sell the property for under market value. Now, what is the motivator for that? Two things. First of all, it's a reason, right? You know, loss of family, a distressed property, things like that. Another big motivator, which people subconsciously know, but they never really listed on paper, which I don't see anyone really talking about is cash, right? Giving cash for something, especially for a piece of real estate. It's one of the few things like, cause real estate's not really liquid. If you really think about it, like it's, it takes time for to sell to a point. Mm -hmm. The cool part about cash is you can give somebody the dream of getting rid of the problem under a month where most realtors, most traditional real estate brokers it takes months and months and months, inspections. The so if you get find someone who has a reason for wanting to get rid of it, and then you offer a solution of cash, which is really attractive for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. That's why pawn shops are attractive, used car dealerships. I can just roam the lot and just get rid of it, and you, you can use it towards my next per like 
oh my gosh, I love it, right? So, so guys, keep in mind, motivated sellers, most people's home is their biggest asset, their, their biggest, I, I guess the word score. And I'm not going to go into on a homeowner because most people, they think they make a ton of money off their home. The reality is by the time they factor everything they did to upgrade their home and all the energy they spend on it, it's not really the best investment, but it's what they have. It's their nest egg. Um, and they want to pull that equity out of it. Number yeah. two, on a motivated seller, remember there's, I break this down as a subcategory. If the seller's motivated, awesome. You have a high probability of getting a good deal, meaning it's financial. Um, maybe it's um, lack of repairs on the house haven't been taken care of. The other one I want you guys to understand is um, a motivated property. And all this means is the property's motivated, meaning it's run down, it's got a tarp on the roof, but the seller's not saying what I want them to hear. If you have a motivated property, you keep them in your database forever. Eventually, they're going to have to come with terms and selling at a realistic price. Yeah. And guys, just if you have a motivated seller and a motivated property, amazing things happen. And most of these are probates. I, I've always explained it like a lot of these are probates. But so now we know who a motivated seller is. We got to understand this too, because the biggest myth I see with wholesaling, and this is something that's changed my mind a lot, coming from someone that used to cold call high equity leads hours and hours and hours and hours a day in a quote unquote saturated market. It's the quality of leads is almost is as important, in my opinion, to the amount of time you spend on marketing. It's really like a multiplier, I really think. So like you see two times two equals four, right? Mm -hmm. Now, what if, so you're spending two hours at, let's say, a two scale of quality of leads. That's four, right? What if I could do two hours on an eight scale? Like the, the amount of quality is an eight. That's 16. Mm -hmm. That is four times the amount of output you'll get with the same amount of time marketing. And this is why I really want to focus on this is because a lot of people who struggle in marketing, maybe they have a nine to five job, maybe they're virtual. Like it's like, Oh, Zach, easy for you to say, I, I don't have nine hours a day and all this money for a VA to go cold call for me. Well, here's the cool part, John, Sally, Sue, you don't have to market 15 hours a day. I've told so many people this, but honestly, like if you're starting out and you don't have time, I always tell like, Sleep two hours less. You will not die. I promise you, you will not die if you get six hours of sleep. Now, I'm an I'm an eight to niner. Eight, nine hours of sleep is like what I need. I need I, six. You need I, I know you need six. I need six. You get up at 4 a.m. to go fishing. So it's it's oh my gosh. How many hours did you got to sleep last week when we went fishing? That was like uh, you got up at like five and then you did a lot, and then you fished and you came back 12 uh, hours later. You did a live. I, I know, uh, but you have those things like I could go, if I knew I was going fishing, I could stay up like 24 hours. I, I could know. Do, I could work on real estate I've all day you. and go fishing. So I've seen you do a live, go it's fishing like all night yeah, and then go in the morning fish again. Uh, the thing, but the, the reason why I'm saying is if you get up two hours earlier, I know it's never fun. Take a nap during the day. But like for someone who has zero time, they say, use those two hours. I promise you, if you spend that two hours drying for dollars and then the next week you cold call that two hour drying for dollars list. Mm -hmm. If you drive and cold call, let's say two hours on a Saturday and two hours on a Sunday, in, a, in about six months, it's almost impossible not to get a deal. 
Yeah. It, it, honestly, we that? all we all get the same amount of time. Like God yeah. gives Zach, me, and you the exact same amount of time. It really comes down to people's priorities. Like when people say, oh, I don't have time to work out. I don't have time to eat right. I don't have time to do this. I don't have the money. I don't have time to do cold. cold. Well, you're right. Like if you, you're hundred percent right. If you're going to convince yourself that, that you just, you got to kind of look at a schedule. I'm not like a big, I don't schedule every 15 minutes of my day. I like to do one hour, hour and a half, two hour blocks. Like yeah. And then I leave myself a gap because stuff comes up. I don't have little rugrats running around. I got bigger ones now, but yeah, stuff comes up, you know? And so yeah. like people who do every hour on the hour, it just gets where you're overwhelmed. Like you're still up at two or three o'clock in the morning trying to finish your previous day. So just set time blocks. Let's face it. You guys work eight, 10 hour days. How many hours are you actually really working? I, I did it. it. It's like two, maybe three hours at the most you're productive. I get it. I, and then I, you're getting everything done at like the end of the week. And then Monday, Tuesdays, like everyone's just kind of like sitting at the water cooler. That's the, and then, uh, I mean, we got, we have a large percentage of people watching with nine to fives or like truck drivers or something because mm -hmm. they get to listen to content that we have. And that's someone like, I, I feel for you. Like you're not really out of one place. Maybe you come back. But th the thing is, there's still ways around it. Like virtual wholesaling, you got a lot of off time, like not a lot, but like you do have off time. So mm -hmm. you, there's ways around it. But what he tells you is the quality of leads is going to be really important. This is a factor that I have to stress home. So it's it's the two times two versus two times eight. And let's say you see that four times difference. What's that four times difference going to be every week for a year straight? It's insane. Like you add up, you add up the difference and that's the difference between a seven-figure wholesaler, a six-figure wholesaler, and then the eight-figure wholesaler, right? Yeah. It's delegation scaling went from like seven to eight. But the, the thing is you could be working less and getting better results. And I, I know it seems like a pipe dream. You know, it looks like I'm, we're doing a webinar here trying to sell you on something. But like the, the truth is it's possible. And it's because you have to have better quality of leads. And every single time, the reason why I bring this up and I'm focusing on so hard is we have people hop on. We do the one-on-ones today, right? Mm -hmm. Every single time, it's usually like, oh, I can't get good leads. I can't. I ask every single person that's quote-unquote beginning or struggling, hey, I'm, I'm going to put someone's foot to the fire today. It's like, have you pulled the fire damage property lead list in your county? Mm -hmm. I've rarely gotten someone that says yes. I can see people comment that they get it. Have you cold called five firehouses in your county and asked for the fire damage? It's usually, it's always a no. Is it because it's it's hard to do? No. Call the fire property and ask. Bonus points. I've always said this. It's like you bring a box of donuts to the front uh, firehouse person and ask. It's you bring it, you bring me donuts. It's uh, yeah, but like the fire department's not like oh my gosh, I don't want this person knowing their house went on fire. It's pretty obvious. Yeah. Like it's not like a secret list. You know, like it's just no one ever does that. And, yeah. and but th that's the thing. It's like. I, I can hammer it, hammer it every week. I can see the same thing. People still don't do it. Yeah. The thing is, I'm only reaching out to the 5% of people watching this right now. They're actually going to do it. Yeah, you guys, you you, you got to put the work in. So like you always, we always hear in wholesaling, quantity, 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 quantity. Well, I'm here to tell you there's companies, small companies, they pretend to be big. They tell you they're calling, you know, 30, 50,000 leads in a month. Okay. I got, I want you guys to understand what that entails to do numbers like that. The amount of money and human energy power it takes to do that 
I don't know what kind of return they're getting. I will tell you in wholesaling, you will always do better on quality over quantity. If you could put quality with quantity, oh my gosh. That's it's the multiplication thing, right? So I'm just telling you guys, I don't chase down 50,000 leads. It's exhausting. I did it for years. And you know, the most important thing is how much freedom time you get for you and your family. And number two, how much money do you make doing it? And there's always going to be a balance yeah. there. And some people, when they're young, they go in hard, they close their eyes. You just don't want to turn around and be like 20 years later and go, man, I, I was so busy building a business. I didn't, I didn't make a life. And I'm here to tell you, the beauty of wholesaling is you can do whatever you want. Like I wanted it really just for freedom. So financial freedom and freedom of time. And I've engineered everything I do around that. So if I want to go out fishing, I want to spend time with family. I want to spend time with friends, with Zach. I do it. And just understanding it. You can do it however you want. But like 50,000 leads requires a tremendous amount of manpower. And then plus the cost to buy the leads, sort the leads, trips, skip yeah. trace the leads. So if somebody ever tells you, oh, we're doing, you know, we're doing 50,000 leads a month. How much are you spending and processing on average every month to do it? Because like, I, I, you know, people ask me, hey, Rick, what percent of your money do you spend on marketing? You probably don't want my number because yeah. I'm really good at this. I find a lot of these companies spend anywhere from 15. I've seen as high as 25, even 30 percent. I'm nowhere even close to it, guys. Like I, to me, that's you're just giving money away. So I like to be under 10, but you should never, ever, in my opinion, spend more than 15 percent in wholesaling on your marketing because it just doesn't work. I, I've done the numbers. I've done it so many times. And uh, I've talked to so many successful wholesalers, things like that. Well, this is a beginner's video, so I won't get into it too much. But it, there's a point where it's like you hit a certain amount of money or revenue in your business. And it's like, do you really want to like you can double it, but you're going to work 90 hours a week. Like it's just, it's a difference, but quality of leads is going to be super important. We cannot stress this enough. Get going on the quality of your leads. It will be a game changer. And I'd rather spend more money on quality of leads than quantity because quantity, you just burn people. Like this is how you burn people out. Oh, That's by the, the way, uh, by the way, Mr. Cold call, you got to make 10,000 cold calls today. It's crazy. 10,000. Like you and like, I've seen people push it, push it, push it. You're, you're going to, how quit. can you have a quality conversation when you start yeah. talking about that? So what do you get to two, 300 an hour? If you're lucky, like you get like a 10% pickup rate. It's just going to be, yeah. the numbers get astronomical and you're like, oh my God, how are we going to keep this pace? Uh, that's the, you're going to quit. That's the reason why I'm really preaching quality this year because things are getting more saturated, obviously. And the thing is somebody who just does a constant list every single month for, let's say two years straight, and they're only doing it four hours a week. They're going to consistently still do it though, you know, mm -hmm. versus the one that does a hundred hours for four weeks and then quits. I don't need a burnout. Like really this business is not, you could, this sound, sounds arrogant every time I say, it, but like you can make a hundred thousand dollars per year working 10 to 15 hours a week and by yourself solo. Like if uh, you do your numbers right. But don't you think quantity is like so oversold in today's like wholesaling like no, lingos. I, it's just, guys, do you understand when you start talking big quantities numbers, there's a huge cost yeah. with this. And like you have to run through this data and then you, you have to push people to their absolute limit. 
And then what happens when you push people on quantity, they try so hard, you start doing deals where you probably should have never been doing deal. We do deals with huge spreads because I'd rather do one deal that made me forty dollars or $50,000 than try to do 10 deals that made me three or three to five grand. It's just, to me, it's just easier. And so you ever heard the argument, it's easier to take uh, uh, $1 from uh, 100 people than to take $100 from one person. Yeah. I disagree completely with it. It's to me, it's easier to take a hundred dollars from one person than because remember out of those hundreds, someone's not going to give you a dollar and it's yes. going to like, going to perpetuate but to a point though. You have to remember it's, but if you look at like wholesaling, it's like, is it easier doing one $40,000 deal or $41,000 deals? You know, my answer to that. I, so. One $40,000 deal is easier. Like to, to like, if I do one deal and it's a 40,000, I could probably squeeze an extra 10 K out of each one. If I push hard on it yeah. versus me trying to like do those scrimpy little $1,000 deals, they stink guys. We kick it, deals all the time just cause we don't like, I, I could make five, $10,000 on almost any deal. And some, we just kick to the curb. Like when we're having problems with the sellers, they're being difficult with our act acquisitions, but let's go find somebody who wants to work with us. That's the beauty of wholesaling. You get to pick who you work with. Yeah. So you got to work smarter, not harder guys. And this is why I have to say is part-time wholesalers sometimes destroy full-time wholesalers because of the quality. Mm -hmm. And this is what I really want to break down because there's a big grind myth, I think, for wholesaling real estate, like grind, grind, grind. What I have seen with wholesaling, if you just generally, you look out in entrepreneurs and like business people, that whole grind mentality, mm -hmm. it'll get you to zero to a hundred thousand. But like, you don't have to grind to make six figures in wholesaling. And you get the whole work-life balance thing. I get it. I get it. Trust me. But the thing is, that whole grind thing, you're not supposed to be grinding this business for 5, 10, 15 years. Nah. No. You grind for a year or two. I grinded too long. Like, for the like yeah, But you can grind one, two years. And I mean, two years, it gets annoying. But like, you can't... I could have grinded 40 years. But the, the thing is, once you get grinding on it, like you start learning the systems and then you can really delegated or, or make your marketing a lot easier. So th that's the big myth I see is like, you have to, if you only be successful is grinding. Well, you they, don't have to. I, I think if you're a uh, aspiring wholesaler and you want to get started, you hear the word grind and hustle a lot. They're valuable words when you get started. Don't get me wrong. It just means you're attentive and you'll push through any wall. But I'm telling you, talk, we talk about burnout with quantity. Eventually you will have to shift and operate more of a business because the grind and hustle, it will tire you out in the long run. But even when you're starting out, like your first, let's say from your first deal to your third deal, you're working a full-time job. Mm -hmm. How many hours were you dedicating, honestly, to marketing and like wholesaling? Um, Granted, I you're working 40, what, 50, 60 yeah, hours a week. I, I did a minimum two to three hours a day. So for seven days, right? Yeah. That's six, 20 hours a week. Think People think you have to be working... 12 hours a day, like Elon Musk, like no, it's, it, it, no, it's, it's 20. I was worse. Cause I had bandit signs. Uh, yeah. It was cheating to a point, but like it was five to six for me a week starting out. And then eventually you get better at it. You start working, but you make more money. Like, I think that's a big myth. People thinking like you're watching this, like, Oh, sex can be jacked up today. I watched the video. I'm going to go work 40 hours. You're going to quit. I'm telling you work 60, 70 hours yeah. a week for a month straight. A lot of people, it's not mentally good for you. Like, if you're not, I, you and me are weird people. We're like, we can work. You're weird. 
I'm weird. I can work a hundred hours a week with yeah. a smile on my face, ready to go for the next one. I, if I take an entire Sunday off, I get crazy. I'm like, I got to start working again. Yeah. Like some people are wired differently. So when you see me talking about like, Hey, Oh, I, Oh, I, I can't get any deals. And I tell you, Hey, suck it up and work harder. Mm-hmm. A lot of people might think that like, Oh, that means I have to work harder. You know, it's like, you don't have to be grinding all the time. Cause I hate the worst part of seeing wholesaling is that person that like, you saw those pictures of people like digging it and then like they're so close to that goal, but they just yeah. finally quit. I hate to see those. So many wholesalers, you know, they, they do all this. They learn everything. They, they get so close to that first deal and then they just quit. Now, if you just slowly did it, you know, if you have a hole to dig and you dig like 30 minutes every day versus trying to do eight hours one day and then quitting for the full year, that's the difference I see. So guys, there's a grind myth in mar- for marketing. Everyone has their own pace for their own success and they're getting their first deal. Um, don't feel like you have to like do it cause you want to, but, um, so what is the secret list? Like, like what we're marketing, what is the goal? And she the word secret. It's a secret. It, it, it's, it's a secret list because I feel like secret here's the people think that there's a secret special list that's going to solve everything for you. Here's the issue. Everyone preaches about doing a high equity list, like there's general lists. That's where most people struggle. You said this yesterday for the saturated markets. Mm-hmm. You think it's saturated because you're doing the list that everyone else is doing. Heck, if you go to a non-saturated market and you just do a regular list, you're not going to get the good results. Like you're still, it's a multiplier. Like if, you're, if your market is a three times two versus a two times two, that's good. But if you do a two times six, that's better than any good market. So like, a really good niche list in a saturated market is going to do better than a regular list in a really good market. And I've seen it all the time. Now, if you do a niche list in a really good market, oh my gosh, it's lights out. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the key here. We're, we're going to talk about niche lists and our channel doesn't have a million people on it. So like when we talk about this, the cool part is not like if you look at the entire wholesaling real estate industry, a good portion follow us, but like not everyone. The cool part is the people following us get to learn this stuff when like no one else really talks about it. And that's what makes it niche. So where are these lists? I, I, I cannot preach this enough. It's the government lists. These are going to be the lists when you're st- like, this is for beginners, right? This is the secret. Like for a beginner, if you want to start becoming successful, you pull government lists. Code violations. Water shutoffs. So code violations like that tall grass, water shutoffs. People are getting their water shut off. Shout out to my California people that have been DMing me, DMing me like crazy. Uh, they're not shutting off water in California. So like you're trying to pull that water shutoff list. They're not even shutting off water. So like it's not a good one. You know, they don't even have any water there. True. Okay. You got it. I think the whole West coast is running uh, dry from a documentary I just saw, oh but I, I don't know if it's true, but uh, fire guys, di- <laughs> guys keep damming up water. It doesn't belong there. It's not uh, supposed to be water in Las Vegas. No. Guys. Okay. Uh, next here's the fire damage property list. Kind of get went over that before. Probates. I, I can't even string like say this enough. Like, unfortunately, the fact of life is if there's life, there's going to be death, and it's everywhere. Like, yeah, pro- probates never changing, guys. It's not going to be one of these. I like, don't look sexy like this list. It, yeah. It's always there. Maybe how you get them with like new technologies. That's about the only thing. We'll I hate saying this, but like that probate. That's a list that just. It's, it's a unit. It's a, it's not growing, but like it's a list that's, oh, it's every month it's going to be there. 
Yep. You know, like you look at one of those government clocks or those clocks that showed births and deaths. It's like, it's spinning like crazy. And like your, your <laughs> mind's like, oh my gosh, look at all these people being born. Look at all these people dying. It's like that list like is always going to be there. The list of people that have their properties, um, like, you know, firefighters, I know firefighters, they're always working. Like there's always fires going on. Like it's just human beings, like properties going fire. So the fire damage property list is there. And guys, a little hint on these government lists. Since since our, I'm not even going to use the word. Since our incident, um, 2020 with our oh the panoramic. Our panoramic is. If, if you, I don't know if you guys have ever been to a courthouse. I We're mean, talking photography. Do you know the amount of criminal and civil cases? They are so backed up right now. Yeah. It's absolutely mind blowing. Plus. Um, and I had a county almost for six months, no probates. How can oh, that be? It was crazy. No, it's not that nobody died. It's oh, just, you go, you go to your local, um, go to your local news station. They got the, they got the counter right there showing how many, you know, probates just, are going on. So like, if I'm you like, noticed, uh, foreclosures almost came non-existence, um, divorces cut down evictions. You guys know how that happened. And then we talked about probates, like they stopped processing them for a while. And so as you're seeing, as things come back online here, your government lists are going to be more important than ever because they are going to get saturated, meaning they've got a backlog of probably two years. And so you're going to see your probate list, your eviction list, your divorce list, your, your foreclosure, pre-foreclosure list. They're all going to massively expand from what you've seen in the last two years. I'm telling you guys, it's coming. It doesn't matter what state you're in, everybody's backed up. So this is the time to really figure out how to get a hold of these lists. Um, go to freewholesaling.com. We show you how to walk through it, how to pull these lists and do everything. So I, I, I yeah. So um let me go to the next one here. Pre-foreclosures, people are just if they're issuing mortgages, there's gonna be people behind on it. Yeah. I Unfortunately, mean, that's a fact of life, right? Your lien lists, people behind on taxes, IRS debt lien lists, it's gonna be there. Not a government list, but I'd say drawing for dollars. Very good list. Um, it's it's a pretty good list. I'm telling you, it's because it's your own list. People complain about the prices of gas. I'll tell you this. Now, this isn't me trying to brag about herself or brag about you, but remember where like you were running like 13 miles a day or something crazy. I remember that. Like uh, I 2020, bored. I was training for a marathon. I know a lot of people complain about like drawing for dollars. I'm like, I was running 14, 15 hours a day, like 15 miles a day. It's like That's terrible. getting to running. If you, if like you don't want to pay for drawing for dollars, just start running around, like go for, go for a long walk, I, you know? go for a long walk. It's you, just, you get the best of both worlds. Bike for dollar. Like how much does a bike cost? Like I, I, I know it costs some money, but like those electric scooters that they're, that they're selling right now, like four or 500 bucks. Yeah, you can guys, go like 20 miles. Like there's a cost to everything. Just, go, go bike for dollars. If you're complaining about gas prices, go scoot e-scooter for should dollars. I, should I call an Uber to uh, do driving for dollars or have you seen the cost of an Uber? Oh uh, my it's, God. It's just like a regular taxi. now. It, it's, it's probably worse sometimes. At least the taxi driver can't uh, try to factor in the weather and try to stick it to you when it's raining. Well, at least the taxi driver doesn't have to give me a star rating, you know? Um, it's ridiculous, but, you know, but I, I, what I'm telling you right now is it's, it's getting ridiculous out there. Then you got your paid lists. I have to say it in a marketing video, you can pay for your list. This is kind of a higher like play strategy. I, I would say, 
Um, a lot of people do it. Obviously, the vacant lists are really good, high equities. But like, if you got to pay, like if you're broke, you got no money, I would not be paying for a list. Now we always say, hey, use PropStream, use ExactData.com, ListArray.com. Like, if you can't afford it, don't do it. Like, that's a that's a tool to get more leads. Yeah. Tool for comping. It's a guy driving for dollars app in there. Um, guys, I'll tell you this. Uh, like, so I've dealt with paid lists my entire twenty years. Yeah. Before we had listrei.com, Zach Data, all these wonderful, wonderful software companies, you had to take like some calculated risk. I took a lot of risks, and I'm here to tell you, with the tools and technologies between um, those two services, with PropStream and Batch, do not pay a third party to pull this stuff for you, because you you have no idea what kind of data they're giving like you. Fiverr. It makes no sense. Don't let someone else. Because most of the time, if you have a VA on Fiverr or Upwork and they say, hey, I can get you this, the reality is they're going into their investor software and they're stealing that data and giving it to you. So I, you don't want to do business that way. And why not just pull the data yourself? It's so inexpensive to do it yourself. And honestly, you'll save hundreds of dollars just by using reilist.com because it's List all there. You app. get 10000 a month. Yeah. Okay, guys? Use the 10,000 until you start maxing those out. Then you can add other services. Do not buy from third parties, especially on social media, Facebook, stuff like that, because they're going to try to take as much money as you're out of your pocket. And you have no idea okay. where they pulled this list, how old it is, where's the data. And at least with the other sources, you know exactly where you're getting it from. Oh, that's the thing. And they're, they're technically all getting the list from the same place. They're all coming from the same place. The question is, is it up-to-date information? Yeah. And is this a trustworthy source that I can pull it from? That's the thing. So guys, do your own research on it. Like use whatever service you want. Like at the end of the day, we really don't care. But the thing I just, I hear people say, oh, is Fiverr guy from, you know, the, this, from this crazy country from like, you know, Azerbaijan, this Fiverr guy says he'll get me a million lists for $5. And then you go complain to me that like the list isn't good. It, it's just. Yeah, guys, you can't listen. If you buy a list and you're not confident, you know where it's coming from. Remember all your marketing. If you're doing cold calls, SMS, direct mail, heck, even door knocking. If you got the wrong list, you're really going to waste a lot of money and resources. So that's the thing. you have to have the most up comp, the, the most confidence in your list. Your list is everything because if the list is bad, everything's bad. Yeah. So please don't like do never buy a list just based on price either. Oh, a guy's offering me a hundred thousand leads for five bucks. Well, people ask Zach, why do you talk about prop stream or batch? What about you know there blank but no like why don't you talk about blank blank service? There's all these other services I've heard of Propelio, Property Radar. I, I guys uh, I've, I've tried them all. Here's the deal with us. I'm not taking a <laughs> I don't take any coaching fees from you guys. I'm here to tell you the truth. What works in our business. Well, if you want to take it, great. If you want to save yourself a yeah. lot of aggravation, just copy what we do. If you want to go out and try all these services, knock yourself out because you will We'd, constantly yeah. keep doubting yourself. And and then you'll, you're going to have to have like 10 different services. If when you we send 20,000 mailers out, there's a hundred percent chance we pulled it from batch or we pulled it from prop stream. Correct. End of story. We used to do lists. I, I will say this. We used to pull core lists logic. from, from yeah. core logic list source. 
I ain't paying three cents a record on hundred thousand records every month, but like guys, I've tried them all. I've tried listability. I've tried Melissa data. Like I, I could go till the sky goes oh in gosh, Melissa data. Yeah. And I'm just telling you for what we do for wholesaling, the, the stuff's already laid out for you. And I've honestly, tried it all guys, hundreds and yeah. hundreds, if not millions of dollars I've spent, I've done the legwork. And honestly, I would not recommend something I would not pay for or I currently don't pay for myself. But I'll tell you this for like, let's say our direct mail, we could use list source for a direct mail. It would probably cost us 10, 15 K a year to like, cause you got to revamp the list every yeah. single time. Prop stream, it's going to cost us like a thousand and it's basically the same data. So the reason why we're saying prop stream over list source, like list source in that, because it's the same results and you save nine grand a year. And like, that's a VA basically. Yeah. And you get like a drawing for dollars app, blue hammer. I don't know why people don't blue hammer. You can literally estimate any proper nail in there. And you, you can also create your own website. You know, prop yeah. lets you have your own website. Yeah. It's got amazing tools. The, in there. the tutorials on freehostling.com. And plus I, we split tested with list source, prop stream and batch. Batch and, and prop stream are pretty we much. We actually did better <laughs> and we saved money on those. And yeah. that's why we recommend it. I've tried all these other services. You guys, I've tried it all. And there's a reason that, you know, the, the best tend to rise to the top. These companies are very good at getting their data and they're very attentive to investors' needs. And that's where ListSource was missing the boat because it was 100% tailored towards realtors and mortgage brokers. So somebody came in and filled a, uh, a, a market and it was specifically for investors looking for motivated sellers. And that's why PropStream and Batch have done so well. Everybody says like, well, why don't you just pick one? We use both because we're constantly looking well, for the best data possible. To a point, some websites are better. So I'll say this and then we can get out of it. But like Batch has superior skip tracing and, mm -hmm. and they PropStream doesn't even have SMS. And PropStream has that drawing for dollars. And I like some of the PropStream data a little more like that zombie house slip, yeah. zombie uh, house uh, list. You get the pre-probates like we're at a financial position where we can pay for both cash yeah. buyers. I found you can get really nitty gritty on batch, which you can't on prop stream when it comes to buyers, which mm -hmm. I really like. So it, guys, it's a yin and a yang. And guys, you can still Try use list like. source for free and run the same filters or close enough. And you can check like your pull numbers and see if it matches up. We still do that to this day just to kind of make sure. But what happens is, the reality of human beings is we get really comfortable using one service. Yeah. Like if you ever used like Google Chrome forever and then you switch. Well, that to, was your uh, thing. You were like, oh, is that because I kept telling you, like everyone keeps talking about prop stream, like all these like seven bigger, like because I was doing the podcast. I started out like two years ago. I'm like, they all say they use prop stream. And you know, you told me like, yeah, but you can't do the polygon draw feature on it. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, I'm like, hey, look. And you're and like, then oh, popped up and then you're that. like, oh, OK. Like, but you're used to that and, but that helped you because you get rid of the bad neighborhoods. Yeah. But I will tell you what happens. You start using it. You get very confident in it. And you're like, I'm yeah. very confident in this list. And whenever you switch to another list, there's always that seed of doubt in the back of your mind and it'll drive most wholesalers nuts. So any type of switch you do, do a little bit of like split testing or make sure you're getting information from extremely reliable people that actually do wholesaling. Um, because it's easy for someone to recommend it, especially if they're not even active in wholesaling. So guys, make sure whoever you take advice from is active and doing deals and like is constantly up on their game. Because 
so much of wholesaling stays the same, but so much changes. And I know that's a terrible statement to make. I, I know, but like guys, we're going to hold your hand on the entire thing. We're ready to share with you. So that that's the truth. And it's like, and then at the end of the day, it's like, wh what type of marketing channels you're starting out? Cold calling is probably going to be the one you have to do. Mm -hmm. um, SMS, if you got some money and, and like you're busier and then disruptive marketing, these are going to be like door knocking, um, bandit signs, reverse drawing for dollars. Guys, there's so many marketing channels to be doing. I have to record, like, all I have to say is like, we're 48 minutes into this. So like, you know, you and me, we knew 10, we could do a 10 hour marketing marathon. You know, we can do that. Yeah. Um, I can go into two hours in each one. I do four hour cold calling thing because, but go to freewholesaling.com. Uh, I'm telling, we seem like crazy people talking for hours and hours about wholesaling on these lives. But like, if you want like a 15 minute condensed version of everything we talk about, like the ultimate, like virtual wholesaling guide, 15, like they're all in modules at freewholesaling.com Our contracts, assignment of contracts. Um, I saw uh, Brandon, um, I know he was on here. Um, he commented, I think on the group that like, he saw some like cash buyer try to steal the deal from a wholesale, like our assignment of contracts protects you with that guys go to freewholesaling.com. That's where it's all at. And, uh, that's what I have to say. Like that, that is how you actually get successful on here. And, um, one last thing before we get in the one-on-ones is, um, I did see this, so I'll, I'll explain this. We got some, um, fear coming out in the market. Frederick says, have you guys heard about the new law in California, basically banning house loving? Now, Frederick, I saw that comment. I remember reading about that uh, earlier today. I, I want to break this. I, I want to like, since we go live all the time, I want to break this because there's going to be a video out there talking about how, you know, it's going to get banned in California and you One should freak video, out. It's going to be endless. It's going to be endless. So let me, let me just. People need content. First of all, you can't ban buying and selling a piece of property, but you could do crazy laws. California is a very uh, regulatory state. If I could say that the nice way. So let, let me just, let's kind of break this down. It is not banned to uh, wholesale in California to flip houses in California. So let me break that. First of all, cash buyers, a lot of them are landlords. So like, this is something that's not even going to affect that. But like, let's break down this article because I actually popped this up. Uh, this is from the California Globe. Uh, bill to tax. That, is that ban or do I, I need to get my reading glasses? Is this ban wholesaling or taxing wholesale uh, house flipping? Tax, right? And basically, um, all I could really say is in wholesaling real estate, in house flipping, a lot of people blame rising housing prices to investors, which is a big myth. <laughs> it's a big myth, right? Like, but a lot of people attribute bigger housing prices is to the, is greedy the corporations and like, you know, like yeah. guys, it's the mom and pop person that is taking out a loan that they can't afford to overbid on a house. It's never the investor. Yeah. Investors never overpay they on houses. What the, market, what, uh, what the market allows. So. But I, I'm telling you, cause they're buying a cash. They're assuming the risk, but like, let me just break this down really quick. Cause I see a lot of fear. This is going to be everywhere. You know, that wholesaling is going to get banned. Um, house slip. Literally. I saw the comment. Did you hear that California is going to ban it? Now, Frederick, I, I'm not making like, we're not attacking you on this, but like, do you see how that comment can come out as fear? Like maybe stoking fear. 
I smell a few videos floating uh, yeah, out yeah, there about California. Here's the now. thing: we're not making fun of you, Frederick. Someone probably told you that, no, and, Frederick. I, and now we're all. We're but all let's break. Let, let's kind of read this really quick. Like, like I'll first of all, it's not a law, but like, let's read it. You know, um, a bill that would massively tax house flippers and speculators who buy and sell a house within three years has moved to the Assembly Committee on Revenue and Taxation. Now, buying and selling a house in three years. Let me tell you that when you had like. How many houses have you bought and sold in three years when you weren't like flipping houses? At least 10. All the, like yeah. people move, right? Like it's like th you're three years. Are you kidding me? Three years is, is insane. That's a big number. So this is a 25% tax on all net capital gain from the sale or exchange of homes or properties. Uh, maybe reduced if a significant time has passed. Those qualified taxpayers who buy and sell a house within three years would need to pay that tax. All revenue from the tax would go to the speculation recapture community investment fund. <laughs> what? Yeah. The speculation recapture community community investment reinvestment fund. That was a lot. Okay. Uh, the bill, also known as the California Housing Speculation Act, would be in effect immediately as a tax levy for all taxable years beginning in 2023. As AB 177 will result in tax change, two thirds of each house would need to approve. For the passage now, two thirds is a lot. I'm gonna have to say this like really quick. It's like three years. I don't see this pat. It, it could pat. Let, let's kind of read this. Like first, first of all, twenty five percent. That's a lot of money, but like that. That's obscene. It's an it's an obscene amount. I, I mean, maybe if I was aggressive, I'd be maybe ten fifteen percent. But like twenty five, and then three years. I I know. Here's my prediction: if this ever gets passed. You better get out of California as fast. Like they got the, their laws are so screwed up. This would literally kill the housing. Well, market. let's keep reading this. Like a lot of investors, like they help a lot of the bad. So let's keep reading this. So Assemblyman Ward wrote the bill to specifically target short-term investors who buy homes and other properties. What's the amount of investors buying houses versus regular people? Like it's an insanely regular tiny. Like yeah, but. Where's the amount of investors, how, like the amount of house slippers versus regular buyers out there? It's so small. I agree. Like they're thinking like it's a big problem. Uh, target short-term investors who buy homes and other properties, keep for some time, then sell for a profit. This includes house slippers who renovate properties to sell back speculators who often outbid other buyers in the hopes that home prices rise significantly and cash-only buyers. Um, speculators aren't outbidding. It never is like that. Speculators are the people that are moving to a new place and the first time home buyers are the biggest speculators of them all. Yeah. It's, this is another quote. Speculators are taking gobs of tens of millions of dollars out of the community to the commutative effect of all transactions. Uh, that's not fair for either because the people that are left struggling are buying to get outbid 30 times trying to get into their home. I heard that word a lot in California. It's not fair. It would be an addition. It's not fair. Where do you think the tens of millions of dollars go with wholesalers? They hire people in their local community to help them out. They they spend it on restaurants. They make investments in their communities. Listen, tens of millions of dollars. If a wholesaler is invested or an architect invested, it still gets invested in the community. It's it's kind of ridiculous. So it's, cra it, it, it's crazy. Like you keep looking at this, but like this is insane. And then. Um, he, he kind of keeps going and says, he, it's the basic myth. We said that cash offers are driving house prices up. He cites the California Association of Realtors quarterly index. who found that California's median price is up 17% from 2019 to 
for the third quarter. Yeah, Florida's why, higher than that. So why record lows of forty percent of Californians could meet home buying qual only forty two percent could beat home buying qualification standards. Um, it says investor buyers account for fifty one percent of all sales in Southern California. Now, I have to look at that number. Hedge funds are buying crazy, but it depends what you call an investor buyer. But 51%. I mean, I mean who's going to report you? Like, how does this work? What well, happens if I lose money on the house? Well, if you keep Can reading, get, like, you know, reverse credit. While the bill has yet to receive significant support in the assembly, yet many investors and those in real estate have come out in opposition. I smell NAR going against this. Like, pretty, like, there's a lot yeah, of realtors. Not good for NAR on this it, one. And NAR's the biggest lobby. Like, I'm just telling you. So, it's easily take 25% tax yeah. if passed. I'm. California doesn't even have a 25% state income tax. And like, that's, in, it's insane. It get it gets rid of mom and pop house flipping companies that, that renovate and generally smaller profits. You know, we got a real estate agent. Seriously though, the real solution is to build more homes and reduce vacation rentals. If you pass a law stopping all vacation rentals, which I don't agree with either. Um, if passed AB 771, um, but the only number of houses investors get tax write-offs from mortgage interest, property taxes, um, they're talking about going after depreciation. Um, this, I, I'm telling you, this, this oh my would drastically gosh. drop prices in California because nobody want to like every property you have to buy would have to have a three year hold. That seems here's the that's thing. absolutely nuts. I could stand corrected here, but this has only moved to a committee. This isn't like yeah. it, it's it, it hasn't even gone to a vote. I, I'm telling you, there's Nar no way, guys, because this would affect regular homeowners and yeah. And, and the reality is, okay, so it's based on my gain. Yeah, NARS can eat their lunch. I know. Why don't I just record a lien against it for all my repairs, and we'll just call it a day? It, it's it's crazy there's because so, there's so many ways. If you really want to get around this loophole, like I, I've already got a million thoughts going in my head. Yeah. Hopefully, I don't have to do it. But I don't really invest in California. We're not going to talk about it because. This is kind of a pipe dream. Yeah. So guys, what we want you to do is read the material. I appreciate yeah. Frederick bringing it up. I'm not picking I, on we him. We appreciate it. But just like read the material and try to figure it out. And then we can have open discussions. But when people grab the headlines, like uh, looking to ban flippers in California. Do you see how the problem is? Like we hear it everywhere. It's like ban. It's like, yeah. no, it's going to tax. We heard, um, I'm not getting political, but like Bernie Sanders had this idea. Um, on one of his platforms, which we, we talked about that. Yeah. And that's kind of like an idea that he brought out, which like wasn't really too popular, but like it's a myth that investors, people that are buying and selling real estate, that they're trying to ban, uh, that they're like, that they're the ones who are stopping uh, prices from going up and down. Guys, it's insane everywhere. The, the truth is when you flood, when you literally flood, an insane amount of cash into an economy, people are going to spend that cash. It's supply and demand. You put all this cash in, prices are going to rise. Yeah, no, and when interest rates are zero percent, it's like the thing is like in like I'll talk about this too. If you really want to stop housing prices going up, which you really don't, because most California citizens they own real estate, yeah. right? You don't want real estate to go down. Cause that's most people's wealth building things. So like mm -hmm. you want it to keep going up, but the thing is just build more affordable housing. And the zoning is so crazy in that state that that's stopping it. And that's the real, like I, we always talk bad about these legislations and the problems. Yeah. The solution is build affordable housing. No one wants to do it, but keep in mind there's a 17% increase 
you don't hear any of the counties or anybody in the state of California complaining about the real estate taxes they're collecting on that money, no. which is insane. And if they do this, they will literally crush their tax base and the state's already losing their butt. Th this would just make it like California is kind of an easy one. Like I'm just like, whenever you hear like California, yeah, but, and New York, you know, you're like you got to put your seatbelt on. But here's the thing. Out. We love demonizing NAR. I, 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 I'm the first to say we love going after like, oh, we don't like NAR to a point. But at least NAR is going to like stand and be like, okay, come on. Like this is bad for the general investor. Like it's even bad. If it's bad for NAR, Three years it's not going to pass. 25% insane. So if, it, no, I, I would say the problem is I think six months you could do it. Fine. Do six months if you want. But like I don't support this. What I'm just, don't, we don't want any of it. Now, this, I don't think, if it wouldn't even pass in California, I don't think it's going to pass anywhere this, around the country, but you should be aware that these, there are legislators in states that are thinking about this. And this will, if that passes, you have to admit, it will change the way real estate wholesaling is being done, right? I don't have a lot of confidence uh, in that. But, but, but if that passed, cash buyers are going to be paying a lot less because they have to suck up a 25% fee on there. But there's ways around it, obviously. Mm -hmm. But I'm just saying, guys, don't be worrying about this bill. It's so insanely crazy that if I don't think it's going to get a lot of support. Don't worry. Let's move on. Yeah. So guys, don't be worrying about that. It's not going to be banned. Don't be freaking about that. But like this comes back to the last part here. Like, so I, I would never, I think California is a beautiful state, but they got so many crazy laws on the books to begin with. Oh, and here's the thing. So here's the last part about the video we want to break down before we start talking to people one-on-one, -on -one, but it's like, what is the unlimited like lead hack? And here's the truth. You guys heard me talking about fire damage property lists, water shutoff lists, things like the right probates. If you are, I love it when people say I don't have enough leads. That's always a fun one. Just go virtual. Like, so if you are struggling, like you want to like, let's say you come in, you say, Zach, I want to work a hundred hours a week and I just want lists. I'm telling you right now, you pull every single probate list every single fire damage property, every single water shutoff list in your state, you're going to be full. And those are really niche lists. If you really want to go hard in the paint, I promise you, if you pull every water shutoff probate and fire damage property list in your state every single month, it's almost impossible not to get deals, especially when you do it virtual. So that's my unlimited hack. Oh, let's say you're doing all in your state. Go to the next state. Go to do Texas. Then do Mississippi. Do Alabama, Tennessee, Georgia. Virginia, New York, like that's it's unlimited. And just reverse engineer. They go, they go, well, uh, Zach and Rick, what market do I start on? Well, your own. Well, start on your own. But if you're going to pick a virtual market, I already tell you, just pick a wholesaler that likes to brag a lot on the internet and just find out the zip codes he's getting deals and the addresses. Yeah. And I'm telling you, without spending one dime in your pocket, they will point you in the right direction every time. Every one of my virtual markets is basically from taking somebody else's data and reverse engineering it. Why do I want to go spend my hard-earned money and try to figure out if Virginia works, if Texas works, if Wisconsin works? The, the reality is if you want to do that, the work's there. You can also go to listrei.com. You can use the heat map. You can look where the cash buyers are. Heck, you can use ListSource. There's plenty of free services to do it. Guys, it's never a question of the, the amount of leads the question is, can you work the leads and consistently keep producing? And I'm going to say one thing. All right. First of all, let's give a hat off to Steven because Steven is always on here. 
He's always providing support and he's doing deals. So shout out to Steven. Thank you so much for the support. I would say that I will argue with Steven one thing. Generally, it is agreed. Don't go to Florida. It's never a fun market to do. It's, it's easy a tough for one me to say, right? But here's the thing. A lot of people think Florida, uh, this is a kind of like a, like, cause we live in like, so, like South Florida, you're kind of in Tampa. So like when you think of Florida, you only think of South Florida, Tampa, Orlando, right? Mm-hmm. I'm telling you right now, an untapped market, like most people think of Florida, that's all they think of Florida. If you go Orlando North to the panhandle, those are, the panhandle yeah, is basically South Alabama to a point, really Florida. but like, but it is technically the state of Florida. Those state, those areas are ripe. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, like outside of Gainesville, Ocala, Panhandle, those are amazing markets to be going after. I, I'm telling you right now. So I know when someone says don't do Florida, I will have to admit when you go north of Orlando, Crystal River, like those are great markets. They have yeah. to have enough cash buyers, but I'm just telling you right now, not all of Florida is bad. But guys, yeah. always, always, always do your local market. Pensacola, yes. I don't care if you're in California, New York, Florida. You only need one or two deals to make a monster profit. So you already know it. And then if you're already learning wholesaling, just don't shut your eyes to your own market. Maybe yeah. you just like word of mouth. Maybe you, you just get it from referrals. But I'm just telling you, you're doing a disservice if you do not do your own local market. Because sometimes you go fishing in other waters and the fish is swimming right next to you. And you got you to gotta just you gotta snag it on that hook and fry it up. Yeah, easy for you. Well, last week you got... You fished for like two hours last week, and like, what did you get? You got, uh, we got two out of three sailfish, two sailfish, two large tuna, blackfin tuna. Um, how many mahi? I got a dozen dolphin too. Yeah, you, got, you got they weren't as big as the mahi. one the week before. No, I, oh my god, people went crazy when they that saw was a big that. boy. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like, I got, we got to post that. But like, so you're used to fishing in your market, it's so easy there. But well, can you imagine I, the fish? I got it on the screen. You can show the big. The big fish versus the small fish argument. Oh my gosh. But that's the truth. So um, let's talk about, we got the people one-on-one. We always get asked every time, Zach, how do I join these one-on-ones? You know? And the truth is all you got to do, go to Wholesaling Houses for Real on Facebook. Honestly, at this point, you really got to search Wholesaling on Facebook and like the group pops up like top. But like go to Wholesaling Houses for Real on Facebook. Let's go share the screen really quick. How to talk to us one-on-one. It's really like everyone thinks like, oh my gosh, these, those people who talk to you, they're so lucky. They're not lucky. They just joined the mastermind, which is a free mastermind. Look, take action. look, wholesaling houses for real. Three hours ago on the top right here on the pin featured, right? You click that. You can join me one-on-one for free. Sure. My people said 530, 615, but we'll get to everyone um, right there. You just click on there, right? Just join the group. You're good to go. Guys, ever watching, who, who do we got on here? Um, Give me a second. We have, we have, I think we have a good amount watching in the group. If you're watching in the wholesaling houses for real Facebook group, do me a favor, click that, go to that invite, invite like 15 people, you know, just keep inviting people, make the group bigger. Uh, but well, like, that's what it is. So let, let's talk to the people. Let's talk to people and help the people out, learn wholesaling real estate the right way. So without further ado, we got uh, Mr. Pensacola. Hey guys, how you doing? What's up? Hey, what's going on? It's all good. Good Pensacola, right? Yes, sir. I remember him. Got it. All right. What's up, bro? Photograph. It's all good. It's all good. I've been watching your lives now for a few, probably a few weeks, maybe now. Got into, started following y'all like about 
maybe about a month and a half, two months, maybe. Awesome. And, man. you know, learning as much as I can, learning as much as I can. Awesome. I got a, I got a few questions for you. If that's okay. I'm ready sure. to answer it. All right. So I, I actually asked this a bunch of times on other lives and y'all, um, didn't have time to answer, which is totally fine. I totally get it. Bunch of people here. You're on here one-on-one, um, man. We can't awesome. run away. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So, uh, title exemptions. So I, I have a, I have a list of code violations right now. So it's a, around like 200 and something here in Escambia County. So that's what I got open code violations. And I'm just curious, um, cause I went to title companies to talk to them. And so I'm just curious, how do title exemptions work with code violation lists? Like, what does that exactly mean? Like, I don't know what that, you know what I mean? You want me to do this one? Yeah, sure. I mean, so you're talking about title exemptions, correct? From your title company? Yeah. Like, um, okay. mm -hmm. so here's how title works. This, I'm going to give you the layman's terms because I got to tell in the beginning, title companies used to talk over my head. And you know what I said at the end? What do I need to do to get this deal done? What do I need to tell the buyer or the seller? And so you got to break it down with your title company. Understanding when you buy properties off of a code violation list, which one of my favorite, you know, they come with issues. And for the most part, the homeowner doesn't either know how to fix it or they don't want to fix it or it's a financial issue. And okay. you got to get the, so once you go on a code list, it's your job as the homeowner to take them off the code list and you have to go through a format to do it. Let me give you an example. Um, I had a little old lady, um, her husband passed away. The lawn got out of control. She moved out. She didn't realize an issue. She got a notice. She sent her landscaper over there. He cut it and he maintained the lawn for five years after that. Okay. She went to go sell it to me. She had a $46,000 lien on the house for one lawn growing out of control. It's a ridiculous thing. Most code violations are set up after you do not take it off the list. They can charge you anywhere from 50 to $150 per day up to like $50,000. It's obscene. Okay. Most places are pretty realistic. So here's what happens to wholesalers. We want to move properties as fast as possible. A lot of times to stand in front of what they call a magistrate, you basically stand in front of the board of commissioners and tell them why they need to waive this or reduce the fee. It can take months sometimes to get that done. And you have to do it with the homeowner. The homeowner doesn't want to deal with it. They said, hey, you told me, Rick, you were just going to buy the property as is. So one of the ways we do it, some of them are like stupid, like the wrong door. There's a screen in wrong. Or you painted the house the wrong color is you can actually still buy the house, move it over to your cash buyer via assignment. And then they write what they call a title exemption, which means the buyer is taking the property with the current issue and they're all parties are aware of it and they agree to work with the city to rectify it. Okay. Usually the new buyer in most average cities gets 90 days to rectify the issue. Okay. Let's face it. Most of the people we're selling to, they're renovating the whole house anyways, and they want to fix the problem. Some uh, buyers are freaked out about that. They don't want to deal with it at all. The problem is if you wait to fix it, it costs you time. I have a property waiting up to a year right now to fix an issue. I can't get anyone to get around. It's a big deal. But like when it's minor stuff, like the mailbox, maybe it's a landscaping issue. We just did one. Remember I told you, like we had a code violation come up for a freaking palm tree. It got too bushy <laughs> right before the closing. Okay. I, I go, you. dude, deal with it. Most okay. cash buyers go, okay, as long as I know what I'm getting with it, I'll write that exemption. 
a lot of title companies, they don't want to write exemptions because they don't want to be on the hook for anything. So that's it's got to be minor. If it's major, you're probably better off just dealing with it. But like the minor stuff, like a palm tree, really? Or like, is it this or that? So you can ask to write a title exemption. You can write anything you want out of title. Remember, the more you write out of it, the riskier it is for the new owner. And remember, you're trying to transfer a, a property that has clear title. So um, code violations are the perfect avenue for this. Um, you're never going to get around IRS liens and stuff like that. But like code violations. And by the way, in like my state, when you buy a property, it's got a code violation. Too. Yeah. Um, when there's a new owner you automatically, I think, get a 60-day reset anyways. Like, they're like, okay, let's see if he'll he or she will fix it. So title exemption is normal. You just, some buyers are perfectly okay with it, and some of them freak out. And go, so listen, I don't have time to do okay this. They, they'll definitely, like, like it's there. It's, they'll take care of it? Is that right or no? Well, they yeah. have to agree to it. So the, the main thing is the title company just wants to disclose it to all parties to make sure everyone's okay with it. So it's you. up to you to have that conversation with your buyer and then find out what your seller, if the seller doesn't want to go to the magistrate and they don't want to deal with any of it, you're going to have to write a title exemption. Otherwise you're going to be under contract forever. And you're never, mm -hmm. the worst thing is a wholesaler is sitting under contract forever on a good deal for us. Like I've watched $500 tie up a deal for two years. So like, what's your time worth? They're like, okay, let me just, let's do this. You know, let's do that. Now, if you can try to rectify it real quick, sometimes we'll go out and send somebody to cut a tree, mow a lawn. We'll call the guy to go out and inspect it, stop the pain, and then we just negotiate the final settlement with the city. Sometimes the homeowner goes, I don't want to deal with it all. Just like figure out what the number is. It gets crazy. But I've knocked $100,000 off of a uh, code violation lien before, like some crazy, crazy numbers. So a title exemption is just a, a, a creative way for us wholesalers to move with speed. The key is your seller has to be okay with it if they freak out. Remember, the more problems you're selling, probably the deeper discount you're selling it for anyways, right? Yeah, for sure. So uh, like sanitary issues, stuff like that. We get hoarders houses all the time like that. We go straight to title exemption. Okay, okay. So got to find the right buyer for it. I understand. And if it's too yeah. big, then okay. That's good. That's good. Um, so I, I pulled one month one month's worth of code violations. Is that enough? Should I be pulling like six months worth? Should I, I just pulled on January of this year. And you it's only like 200 and something of open code violations. Pull it every single month. Just do every month from now. Okay. You're going to see okay. a lot of repetition on yeah. it. You're looking for new ones that pop up. So remember, speed kills in wholesaling. Yeah. So the quicker you can get to those fresh new leads... But a lot of about eighty percent of them are probably going to be the same on that list. You're looking for that twenty percent difference. I agree. I so you can run filters and stuff like that with it. Okay, for sure. And um, when y'all mean um, quality, do y'all mean niche leads lists? I'm, I mean, yep, niche that, lists. That's what it means. The more okay. niche you get, the more quality yeah. you're going to get. The, the more general you get, the more it's going to be about quantity. And unfortunately, quantity takes money and a staff to really work through it and time. Okay. And last thing, this isn't really much about like the theory. This is mo most like mindset. I, I comment this all the time, but now having y'all in person, it's like really good to have it like reaffirmed to me is like, like, is this like, is, is this possible? Like I went to the, I went to my local Ria's, um, um, 
associate the I went to the meeting the other day. I, I commented and I think Zach, you actually said like, hey, find cash buyers network, all this and on the other. Yep. And so I'm just like asking like and, and I know the answer, but I just want to reaffirm like, can I actually do this? Like, can is this like can me personally like I, you know Amanda, I mean? how old are you? 22, 1999. 22. I, I did this when I was 17 in Florida. So you're 22. You're fine. Yes. Just, I, just, I, 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 I didn't start till I was 33, Fernando. You don't need permission, but I'm giving you permission to make money. Okay, That's what you man. need, man. Dude, you got this. Yeah, remember, you can always go back to your old life, Fernando. It will sit there and wait Fernando, for you. here's the worst thing someone's going to say to you in an appointment or a cash buyer. Ready? Fernando, you look really young. Okay. Now it's your now it's up to you of what you say when someone tells you that. That's the only thing that's going to mentally stop you, in my opinion. They don't say that to me. I think I think I heard you say once, Zach, say on on a on a video, I was like, "Is my age going to affect me buying this house from you?" Right? You said that's that it. Yeah, and that's all you can really say and just say, "Hey, I can grow a mustache better than you." Yeah, and honestly, you will offend a lot of people who can't grow a good mustache like you. So, to the point, man, it's like. It's like, hey, will this affect me buying your property today? Me and my partner's buying your property today. No. Cash buyer, will this affect me giving you a contract? Will this affect me? Mm -hmm. No, it won't. And that's all. Like, Seriously, that's the only thing someone can say to try to trip you or stop you. Dude, you're a legal adult. You're, you're good to go, man. And your youth just make up for it in enthusiasm, dude. How many young people did really well? Like what? Mark Zuckerberg, when how old was he when he started Facebook? Made that millions of dollars. Like, guys, it doesn't matter your age. Like, it seriously doesn't. It's it's you're doesn't gonna go, if man. You're 90 or 10 doing this business. No, and I, I saw the 16-year-old who who did his first first wholesaling deal on the Facebook group, and I'm like, Jesus, man, if he can do it. Yeah, Shri uh Shri got it. Dude, I just started oh till I was 33. So you got like 11 years to figure it out, but like you don't need that much time. I'm just telling you, it's really, people overcomplicate this business. You just, you got to take action. You're going to take risk. You're going to fail a little bit, but in the long run, you will, you will blow your mind. What will For happen now, just, in your life. Just do me a huge favor. I have a friend of one of my old roommates in college who lives in Pensacola. I'm trying to motivate him to start wholesaling there. Can you just do a bunch of deals for me so I can just show him? Look at that. Look, right. look, he's the same age as you. All right. and, yeah, he's making money. Go do it. Like, and he's got my personal cell. Never text me at all how to get into wholesaling. I always tell him you should do no, wholesaling. You I'm like, like, you're in Pensacola, man. And he's like, nah, I ain't going to do it, you know? And I'm like, ah. So for now, just do a bunch of deals so I can go send this to him and then brag, brag to him and so he can start it. But um, just do me that favor. All right, guys. Go. And you do these every Thursday, the one on ones? Every Thursday, man. All right, guys. You got to believe in yourself first, man. Like that's the biggest thing. You got to do it. Don't don't worry about anybody else says. It's, it's your belief system. I've already given you a 20-year path. I've given you a 5-year path here. You you got it. You got this, man. Guys, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much, okay? I'll keep listening, learning, going through wholesaling.com. I appreciate everything. Thank you so much. You got this, man. Awesome. Appreciate Thanks, it. Man. Thanks. Love to see it, man. Love to see it. Um Hello, Joel. Joel, can you hear me, guys? Hello. What's hey, up? We hear you. All right. How you doing, Zach? Again, doing good. Again. Every week I'm on here. <laughs> All right, man. What's up? What what questions do you got? Right. How can we help you? I got some good news. I got some leads. I got a whole list of a uh, two thousand plus 
skip traced and exported leads. I, so what I did was uh, I networked with a couple of certain mastermind students in Arizona, if you know what I'm talking about. Okay. So I, I, <clears throat> I, uh, I uh, networked with them. So then what they say, they will, uh, we can either JV or I can also do the deal myself. So these are all okay. uh, pre-foreclosures. So these are all in North Carolina. Okay. okay. <clears throat> so I haven't done a single cold call yet. I'm going to be honest since the last time I talked to you. Okay. Bro, come yes. on. <clears throat> you got now this, I'm motivated to do it because now I have someone on my side at least. So Let me uh, ask you a question. What stopped you from now till 630 to call that list? Uh, just confusion on what to say. That's that's why I'm here. All right. Like what to so say I'm, and how do you not mess up? Like, all right. the thing is, how do you coordinate with the buyer? I do not want to turn off the seller or get them. Uh, I don't want to screw the seller. I want to get the deal sold. So, like, <clears throat> pre-foreclosures are very uh, <clears throat> sensitive. You know what I mean? What market is this list? North Carolina. All over North Carolina. Jacksonville, Fayetteville, Goldsboro. I know, like, seven cash buyers in Jacksonville. Do me a favor. If you have a deal in Jacksonville, I'll just send it to me. I'll find you a buyer for free. Okay. You got no problem with that. They're all, they're all in person there. Fayetteville, easy. I know some, I, I know, I know some pretty people, good buyers there. They'll go in person, coordinate it for you. Does that make it easier for you? Yeah. A lot better. Okay. So now serious? we're, now we're going to go over what to say. There's three things you have to say when you're cold calling. Mm -hmm. And I think you know what they are. Motivation. Are you the owner? And are you interested? If they say yes, do you know the four questions to ask? Motivation, condition, timeline, and price, right? Yes. He's paying attention. So he's paying attention. So you tell me you don't know what to say, and then you know. But like, so, how do you coordinate those words? Like, that's the thing. Like, well, let, let's break it down really quick. Ready? Hey, hey, are you the owner of the property? Yeah, I am. Are you interested in selling it? Thought about it. Okay. Now, now we're we're two two thirds done right there. Right. Next part is, okay, hey, my name is Zach, and I'm looking to buy some properties in the area, me and my partner. So can I ask you a couple questions then? Yeah, how much are you going to offer me for it? Well, first of all, I, I need to know a little more, little more about the property before I can give you an offer, obviously. But okay. the reason why I'm asking is like, why would you even be looking to sell the property? Yeah, I'm actually just looking to downsize. See, now you ask some motivation. Condition. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me a little bit about the property? Like the year built, things like that. Uh, you just have to come, come take a look at it. It's a little bit rough. It's been empty for two years. Okay. How old's the roof there? It's like the same roof's been our family for 30 years. So. Okay. I, I mean, the reason why I ask yeah. is I just want to see if the roof has to be replaced or not. Listen, I'm not looking to do inspections and stuff like that. It's, it's got some issues. I'm just looking for a fair offer. See, that's it. And then you can kind of, most sellers, if they're less motivated than that, they're, they're going to talk about the condition of it, obviously. Yeah. You know, I always talk about like, if I don't know what to say or if like, you know, I used to be driving, get a seller call, you know, just generally ask about the condition, the roof, mm -hmm. the AC, right? Flooring, is it updated? And, you know, time frame. hey, in an ideal world, when would we be looking just to get rid of the property? I, I want to move next month. You see? And then lastly is price. How much do you need to sell the property for? You give them a price, ballpark. So what I'm going to do right now is since I'm committed to your success, and you've already on here. You've been on here multiple times. Mm -hmm. I'm going to let you cold call Rick right now. 
and then you're going to ask all the questions. Are you ready? Okay, let's go ahead. And just remember that he is going to be a lot harder on, on you than any motivated. Eh, you have no idea what you I'm going to do. You never know. That's what sellers but like, do. The hardest part is just making the phone call. What if I just say, hey, F you. You're a terrible person. Ah, ah, ah. Mm-hmm. Go back to what I always say. If someone says something mean to you, they don't truly know you. And the only thing that matters is if your mama loves you. And that's basically it. If my mama <laughs> thinks I'm cool, that's all that matters. So like, I don't care what anyone else has to say about me. If my mom thinks I'm cool, that's all that matters. So it doesn't matter what someone's going to tell you over the other end of that call. Mm-hmm. So your turn now is go call, call him and go through the system. Let's go. You ready? All right, let's do this. Hi, my name is uh, Joel. I was hoping to speak with the owners of uh, 123 Main Street. Would that be you? Yeah, I'm sorry. What was your name again? Oh, my name is Joel. And uh, who am I speaking with? As Rick. All right. Hello, Rick. How how are you doing? I'm I'm doing great. So what can I do for you? All right. So I'm... um, I'm looking to buy this property and I'm calling to see if you are willing to consider an offer. First of all, Joel, that was never in the script. Mm-hmm. Ask them if they're looking to sell. Don't even bring offer in there. Nah, you, you just got to <laughs> don't see offers now putting like, like, wait, why are you trying to offer my property? You just got to see if they're interested in selling. So remember nine mm-hmm. out of 10 of these calls are going to be no's. They're going to be no. So you don't want to waste time. Don't sit there and try to sell someone when they have absolutely zero interest. That's what people got to understand. Yeah, you're trying calling. to sell the offer off the bat. But you can't be so numb that you assume everyone's going to say no to you. So you have to be open to it. So let's go back again. Mm-hmm. You, a, is this the owner of 123 Street? Yes. My name's Rick. Who am I speaking with? Uh, I'm. Uh, you're speaking with Joel right here. And, hey, Joel, um, what's up? I'm uh, interested and in, I'm looking to see if you're interested in selling your property. I'm open to it. All right. May I ask you a few questions? Yeah, long as we're not too personal. <laughs> All right. So, uh, motivation. All right. So, <clears throat> are you interested? Uh, hold on. So, uh, why are you looking to sell your? No, that's not what I should say, right? So, Joe, just just start out with like a natural question. So. We, we teach you the four questions to ask. You don't really have to ask them in the same order. Sometimes the seller will offer one up for you. But if you're ever struggling just talking to a seller, just say, can you tell me a little bit about the property, Rick? The more you use my name in there, the more I'm going to pay attention to you and think you're less of a robot. Mm-hmm. Okay? So just start out with the first one there, just like I told you there. So can you tell me more about your property, Rick? I'll start from the top. Okay. He so- said he's interested in selling. Yeah, no, I, I've thought about it. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I, I do definitely need to get this thing sold, so I'm open to it. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me more about the property, Rick? Uh, let see, what can I say? It's uh, It's been a rental the last five years. Um, the last year or two, it's been kind of a struggle. Uh, my tenants weren't paying me, and uh, mm-hmm. I got to do some... Uh, Let's just say we got to do some repairs on it. Needs a roof and I uh, got some various leaks going on with it. I just, you know, I, I don't even know where to start with a realtor on it, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. May I ask you, uh, how old is your roof? And uh, how long have you lived in this property? So I just told you it was a rental property. So mm-hmm. I haven't lived in it the last seven years. 
and the roofs is just old. <laughs> There's no other. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. It's like 20 years plus. Mm -hmm. So you do not want to sell with a realtor, right? I, I didn't say I wouldn't sell to a realtor. I just, I wouldn't know how to go about doing that. I, I don't know if that'd mm -hmm. be a good fit for this property. Mm -hmm. So, uh, okay. From here, I should say, uh, so if you do decide to sell, how long would you want to sell the house in? I don't understand what you just asked me. Uh, if you do decide to sell their house, uh, how many? How long would you want to sell it in? Uh, how many days? I mean, ideally, <laughs> in a perfect world, would be one day. I guess I, I'm not sure what you're asking me there. Oh, okay. You know, what? I should try this. If you just do decide to sell your house, uh, you wouldn't want to sell in the next thirty days, would you? Okay. So I'm going to give you a little time out on this one, Joel. Just to simply ask, Rick, <laughs> if you sell your house. Where are you moving to? Do you understand how simple that question is? You, you, there's a million ways to do it. Yeah, I know. My favorite way is always, hey, what's your time frame for selling the property? Do you want to sell this in a week, a month, a year? In a perfect world, when would you be out of the house? Yeah. So the, the idea is you want to see it like how urgent it is. Some people will tell you, I don't know. Joel, the best thing you can possibly do is just go over the questions. And if you have to, which is really not that bad, write down those questions. Are you the owner? Are you interested? Motivation, write out. Write out. You know this is on YouTube, so I want you to rewind this and just say the way that me or Rick say it. Mm -hmm. Transcribe that word for word and just make your own script and then say that word for word. Listen, it's going to be rough in the beginning. The, the one thing you're missing, I can tell right off the bat, you're not practicing. And you have to practice. Mm -hmm. I don't care if it's football, soccer, baseball. You have to per, you have to practice to get better at it. I, I've been exposed to hundreds of thousands of people to do this. He's had in a ton of exposure. It's the only difference between you and me. So mm -hmm. if you really want to just dive in and practice, I suggest never practicing on the leads you pay for. Mm -hmm. so Rick, what type of leads I do? I don't know. Get on Zillow and start ripping through Fizbo's. I, I told Joel that last yeah, week. I know. Rip through Fizbo's. They are not going to be a deal for you. Okay, because that's it's kind of a tougher strategy, like especially when you're starting out, you're probably not going to deal from them. But here's the cool part. You can practice on them. So, Joel, at this point, I'm just going to say I want you to come back and tell me you called. Actually, honestly, I'm just going to be honest with you. Joel, how let me just ask you a straight up question. What are you willing to do to become successful in this business? Can you repeat again? I didn't hear you. What are you willing to do to become successful? So where am I willing to become successful? Okay. So what, what are you I willing to do? I'm willing to do is uh, I'm honestly text blasting will be easier for me. Like, okay. Now, Joel, you're, you're looking for an excuse here. You're going to need a cold mm -hmm. call because you're going to need to gain the skills and confidence talking to people. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm, I asked you a question. I'm, I'm trying to be completely transparent with you. I'm doing this in the nicest way I possibly can. Mm -hmm. What are you willing to do to become successful in this business? Do you have to get more desperate for you to actually start calling? Like what, what is that point where you're actually like, what are you willing to do to become successful? Just, I need to gain more confidence. and know what to like say, like how to articulate the words and cool. like, what are you willing to do to become successful? Cold, cold more practice. Are you willing to do it? 
Yes. Joel, the only thing you can do, the problem is your actions are going to speak loud in your words right now. Mm-hmm. I need you to come back to me and tell me you cold called 104 sell by owners contacts or someone said, hello, you went through those questions and you come mm-hmm. back to me and I'll help you out again. We'll, we'll role play uh, you I, one honestly, more time and I can tell you if you did it or not. And here's the cool, this is recorded so I can tell. Joel, this is what you're going to have to do. And here's the interesting part. You're going to have an old person. This is no tip I can give to you um, for people watching. You're going to have an older person call you and then you're going to say, hey, my name's Joel. And it's like, who? Joel, what, who? Just going to say this. For an older person to say, hey, just like Billy Joel, they will instantly not forget your name. They'll associate those mm-hmm. two. It, it'd be I like think that. Billy Joel. You're calling me old now. No, I'm not calling you old, but like okay. if people are going to be like, Joel, like Joel. How do you spell like? Because nah. you always get that. Be like, hey, you know Billy Joel? Yeah, just like him. Yeah. You'll never, you'll never get questions what your name is after that because he's so famous. That's kind of like that. So I would use that as an advantage too, because you know. But I need you to come back, call a hundred. Props to you for coming on. I can tell mm-hmm. you right now, I would give you the props. Now it's up to you to cold call a hundred of those people, or the four sell by owners in. Those markets you've been you've been talking about in North Carolina, and then come back to mm-hmm. me, okay? Yeah. And let's do it. And if you come back and say you didn't do it, I will literally cold call with you next week, and I'm gonna have you do it in front of everyone live. So think of what's worse: cold calling these people live in front of everyone, or cold calling in secret and no one can really see it. Um, it's mm-hmm. up to you, man. If you are actually serious, um, God forbid you get sick or anything next week or anything, but like if you are actually serious about being successful in this business. It's not even watching any more videos, honestly, like cut out the videos for an entire week. We'll get less views. I don't care. You just cut out those videos, focus on a hundred and cold call a hundred. Then, then stop watching videos and come back to me. I promise you nothing I say for the next week is going to be more important than you doing that for yourself. I promise you that. So you got this. You, you, you've already lined up at the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's we believe no in more, you. There's no more coaching other than you've got to start taking the steps in the action. I can't coach you any more than doing that. Uh, we, I we can't do the rest. We're telling you. you what to do. So you're going to get feedback when you start making these calls and then you'll find problems. And then that's when you get on these lives. But you, I don't want you mm-hmm. on next week to say, well, I'm still thinking about calling. Cause you already get, you only got one. I only gave you one excuse and you already said you didn't do any calls this week. So you already, you already paid up. There's no more excuses. And Joel, I'm going to say this in the nicest way. If you hop on tomorrow and tell me you didn't call and you didn't, God forbid, get sick or something, I, we're not going to take your call. We don't want to get sick. I, I'm, I, we're, we don't want to get sick. <laughs> if you get sick, fine, we'll talk to you. But we're not going to take that call until you get 100. Just go, man. I'm saying this in the nicest way. Sure. The motivation That's, is there. That is how bad we want you to succeed. And that is how confident we are of what your next step is for success is calling 100. It's just like in wrestling and football. At some point, the kid's got to go and hit the other kid and some people like how it feels some people it hurts you do wrestling eventually you got to shoot it's take the other guy joel, down you have to do it joel this is like this is your this is your fork in the road where like you choose to start taking that path to success and that's the next step so mm-hmm. i believe in you i don't want to stop you anymore because it's 6:44 you got a full hour right now to start calling those people and uh, mm-hmm. transcribe what we said make a script and start calling Sure. And we can tell very easily if uh, you, you did that as calls or not. We we believe in you though. I, I'm, I'm telling you right mm-hmm. now. I we're not saying this in a mean way. We believe in you. We want to help you, but I, you, you got you. you got to take the steps though. I can't make you do it. Got to take the action. It just 
the overthinking part is what's killing me. So you know how you kill overthinking? You start doing. Just start doing it. It's going to feel wildly uncomfortable. It just, works. Just do it. Just that no one's going to hurt you on the phone. I promise you. They're not I'm at the point you. now. I don't even think of like when you tell me to say the four questions. I don't even think about it. It just, I just. It's automatic. It's and automatic. After you get through your first hundred, it'll be automatic forever mm -hmm. for you. But that's kind of like you look at a boxer or a fighter when they get that ring and they're stressed. When you're that stressed or like you're that like in the moment, you go to your instincts. And that's the reason like cold calling, like when you're a stressful closing situation, I have to go to my instincts. And I got that closing line memorized so much. Yeah. And it, that's the that's the way I do it, right? And it's instincts my instincts is repetition and doing. Doing and repetition. You got it. You're missing those two. It's the only thing you're missing. You've done everything practice. else. Do I it. Got, I got the info, but I just need to put well, this I want to you it. to practice and I want you to do. Mm -hmm. Like at some point, practice has to turn into a game. Okay. Mm -hmm. And remember, there's no failures in life. It, it, everything is a learning moment. Mm -hmm. What you do with that failure will decide your future. And that's what's going to shape people. People that don't want to fail, and they never want to fail, and they're worried about what everybody thinks about them, their future is already determined. They're, they're not mm -hmm. on this stream here. You so, got this, man. You come got back, it. get some calls, mm -hmm. and we'll see you soon. All right. Thanks for being honest and straight up with me. I like. I actually needed this. You right. got it, Joel. We got this, man. That too. We believe in you, dude. We believe you. Go you got here, it, Joel. Rewatch us and get it going. All right. Thank you so much, Zach. Right. And okay. I appreciate you, you too, Rick. See you, bud. See you. Thank you. All right. Speaking of people who know line of scrimmages really well, we got Joe Joe. He knows a thing or two about line of scrimmage, right? <laughs> what up, guys? How you guys doing? What's up, man? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Thank you. Um, wanted to get on today. I had I needed some advice. So you answered my question on Facebook. Um, Pre-foreclosures. I've never wholesaled a pre-foreclosure before. And we came across one here in Arlington, Texas. And so here's the details. Uh, they have 70K left on the mortgage. And they have a $180,000 lien on it from a divorce. And so they're kind of, uh, I think the wife is kind of in denial. She's like saying there's no, um, they're not in pre-foreclosure. They just got into pre-foreclosure yesterday. And then the husband is like, okay, we need to make something happen. So I just need some advice. How do I go about this? So, yeah. yeah. First of all, you're the expert. So did you go through the pre-foreclosure video I did a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, I, I was watching it last night. <laughs> so the reason why I tell you that because your seller is going to be asking you questions mm -hmm. and you're going to have to be knowledgeable about it so you to win out on that deal. So you have the knowledge of it. The thing, you have you wholesaled the house before? Yes. You wholesale some deals and those deals have mortgages and liens on it, right? Yep. The same thing, man. It's no different. It's no different. It's actually the same uh, what's the ARV on that house? Uh, I think the ARV was around, um, I want to say 200, but, and so that's, that's the, that's the thing is there's 180,000 lien in a 70 K mortgage. So how do so I what's get the $180,000 lien? There's, I guess the lien is from a divorce. I don't even know how that works, honestly. Child support divorce. So yeah, that's from a divorce. I mean, so, and that video um, we kind of explained if the amount owed is more than the value, then you're in a short sale, but there's so, rarely any short sales. So let me just save you some time is, um, you have a title company you, you're comfortable working with? Yep. Okay. 
ask them about this lean specifically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So liens are kind of funny when it comes to um, like divorce, IRS, child support liens. Texas is rough on child support. Like they will destroy they're, they're an entire hardcore. deal. But <laughs> tell me how I know that. If, yeah. if So I assume this is a house that's joined um, by a husband and a wife. And I, I assume they're going through a divorce or. Yeah. Okay. These are brutal, dude. Like, I'm just going to yeah. tell you, like, if you ever dealt with two people that hate each other, it's like <laughs> there is, first of all, talk to the title company and see if that lien can be transferred off that property. Cause the only way that you can actually, in my opinion, make it work. I don't is, know Texas homestead laws either. Well, that's what I said. Talk yeah. to the title company. Remember, you don't need to know everything. You're the expert in finding motivated sellers. Like I bring these problems to my title company all the yeah, time. Here's the thing. We're not the, like when we get child support liens, all these crazy liens, we're not the experts on it. We have to go to the title company and ask them on like some of these crazy ones. So again, we defer to the title yeah. company and so that's going to help you the out. The fact that it's a husband and wife and like, I'm sure it's a settlement agreement. Yeah. A mm -hmm. lot of times they'll, if they both parties agree to take it off, unless they owe a bank a ridiculous amount of money, because I don't even know where it originated from. Yeah. Um, they can get permission to lift that off so they can actually get some more money for them. You obviously want to give them some money. Otherwise they have no incentive of doing the deal and then you can still wholesale the house. So it's critical to find out what that, that is a monster lien and it puts the house up, you know, upside down, potentially 30 or 40,000. So did they give you any details on the lien? Yeah, so I'm working on this one with someone else, and I'm actually going to call him after I talk to you and just get a little more information. But so what he told me is the lien is $180,000 from a divorce, and they're in pre foreclosure, so they obviously haven't made any payments, $70,000 mortgage. So I guess they had some equity in it um, until. But it, it doesn't make sense to me. So if it's a, like a divorce decree and it's recorded against the house. Mm -hmm. It should be against the person. It's, yeah, because it's 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 like both of them. So it like yeah, yeah, unless she gets it or he gets it, because you don't know who gets owed the money. Just, just talk weird. to the title company. The main thing is you don't want to waste time. And here's like, the thing: that 180 could just be on the husband. So technically, it's only 90 off. It could be half of so, it. Like it's and plus, I don't. She's yeah. gonna want her money. They both want to move on. Yeah. And your job's to help solve a problem, but like, don't waste time if you can't solve the problem. And this could be from, is this a previous divorce too? Cause and then it could be on them. They get me. See, know. it's like, I need a title company. I got to read it between, between you and me though. Um, go to the public records and just read it. Like yeah, you don't have to be a lawyer. Reading it and you'll figure it, it actually kind of makes sense the way you read it. Um, go to public records, search the last name. It'll pop up and just read it. Okay. Just read it. See if you can make heads or toes and talk to your title company and mm. You're going to have to do something with that lean to make this thing work. There's it's you can say this. I, I think you can. You just got to read it though. Like who they making the uh, lean payments to. Yeah. Yeah. Just get a title company. And who's man. foreclosing the $180,000 lien or the mortgage? Yeah, that is true. So think, yeah. get as much detail on it. And honestly, title companies are, they're pretty good about pointing the right direction because they don't get paid unless your deal closes as well too. <laughs> so when I used to struggle in the beginning, I don't want you to be an expert on liens and stuff. Mm -hmm. you got to be a deal maker, like find motivated sellers, find cash buyers. Don't get into the weed guys. Everybody listen to this. Do not get in the weeds on these liens because I don't want you to be a lawyer. I don't care. Tell me how I can buy this property and make it work. Is there any options? Is it with the husband and the wife? They agree with it. Tell me if I can do something because without that, because someone's taking a haircut eventually here some way. 
If yeah. you can't lift that lien, it puts the house in a short sale position, which simply means they owe more than the house is worth. Banks don't even want to hear about a short sale right now. They just, they don't care. So, um, and also find out who's foreclosing the 180 or um, the 70. You get rid of that 180. It's phenomenal. And just so you know, I once found a deal where it had a $90,000 lien. It was going to make it completely upside down. I assumed I was going to get my butt kicked. At the end of the day, we found out it was a private mortgage and the company went bankrupt. Mm. And I got the whole 90000 wiped out. So just be open to it. Talk to the title company. Do a little research on your own. And uh, if you can make it work, help them out. If not, just kind of move on like to the next one. Are they still living in the house? Yeah, they're still living in the house. Um, she wants way too much. Not even there's no comps that support the number she wants. So I have to talk what to the number she wants. <laughs> she wants four hundred thousand dollars for a yeah. house in Fort Worth. So Joe, just be careful you don't waste yeah. your time because you already got like a crazy lean and I, listen, divorce is tough on it. Like it's tough. Oh my, and divorce. You throw, throw some kids in there too. I personally, Jojo, I avoid divorces. Like I just, because you know what? I've invested like 50, 60 hours in with the husband or the wife. And then now you're the arch enemy because you've befriended yeah, the person hate each that other. I hate. It's every divorce I've dealt with. I've done some deals like them, but every divorce always ends up like the, uh, the it's you. I'm At, not saying this is every husband. Most husbands are like, just take it for a hundred. And then the wife it. says, <laughs> get rid of it. I don't my, care. The wife's like, no, no, no. no I, I want a million dollars. She's like, my wife, my, my uh, girlfriend, friend, Nancy says she could list her for $500,000. And yeah. then the deal, you spend all this time and it's like, so I've had them at the, t uh, at the closing table, like pit against each other. And yeah, you get caught in the middle. I'm like, do I, some research before you really get into it. But divorces are yeah. tough guys. It's a challenge. So, if you can find a divorce where they're being amicable and they want to get rid of the dang thing, it's fine. But man, if they're at war, so if I befriend the husband and they go, Oh, you just got to go get the wife's permission. I tell you, man, I've walked into some serious storms. I'm like, Oh yeah. my God. I'm so, like, why? If I called her first, I would have never even wasted my time yeah. because I told you she was crazy or I told you he was crazy. And nine times out of 10, they're right. Yeah. So just guard your time on it. Definitely, definitely. Um, I also have another project in um, Alabama, Birmingham, Alabama. It's like I got it at like 53% of the Zillow price. The seller has tenants in the property. He says they're paying $1,000 a month, which is pretty damn good for that area. Okay. Um, but I don't have interior pictures. The outside is not bad, but I can't get interior pictures because he lives in Huntsville. And he's not going to drive to Birmingham to get the photos. I'm trying to find a buyer, or I really just kind of just started trying to find a buyer. What would you guys suggest? Just wait till I get some photos of the inside to get it on contract because he's ready to go at the price. Here's a tip get the tenant's phone number and ask them, hey, we might have someone inspect the property or just to take pictures of it. Literally get the tenant's phone number and say, hey, just to, if you want to send us pictures of the house, and then we won't have to bring anyone in. It's a shot you can get that, right? Yeah. You or you can, pay you yeah. pay someone 50 bucks with an iPhone. To take yeah, or give the it. tenants like a $25 gift card to like a yeah, local grocery some, store or yeah. gas. You know, maybe yeah, give, give them a gas card, honestly. I don't think $25 is going to get them far. But yeah, but yeah. I'm t honestly, like there's ways around it. I would call the tenants, ask for pictures of the house. 
Yeah, it's tough. It's tough to get in. Like, so I've asked the seller to get in contact with the tenants. They don't reply. They don't call back. Um, and I've done a wholesale deal with this seller before. He has a good portfolio. So he's trying to okay. get rid of them all. But his tenants, I've looked at a few of his properties. His tenants, sad to say, are like criminals. And so like they're like dodging him. I can't get in contact. So this is, a, it looks like a good deal. It's a really Georgia, good deal. You get paid on the amount of problems you solve. Man. And it seems like a problem. Yeah, so, I got a feeling you'll, you'll solve this I, one. I, you have to solve. I, if you've done a deal with the seller before and this guy has a headache with this tenant, I'm telling you right now, get this tenant's phone number, a cash for keys, and then wholesaling it yeah. is going to be amazing. And write it, write it contingent on inspecting the inside of the property. So I would lock it up now. And then you can kind of put, like, listen, if you want to do it tomorrow or lock, like yeah. in a month. But either way, I can't close until... Lock it up, cash your keys, and have the cash buyer send a picture. And you're going to promise this cash buyer, hey, I'll let you be the first person to look at this and give me an offer. In exchange, you take pictures of the house for me if you don't decide to buy it. Yeah. I know plenty of cash buyers are foaming at the mouth for deals like this that will eat that every single... Like, they will... I'm the only cash buyer that gets to see this, I'm the, and I can give an offer for everyone else. They'll do yeah. it. Especially Birmingham. Oh, yeah. yeah. You got to think like on your feet. We get stuff like this all the time. Like, listen, the the runners, they don't want you to yeah. see because the, they think they can prevent the sale if they, you don't Or, go in. you know, I mean, I see, I see uh, tenants, maybe they're doing uh, not so good things in the house. Maybe they're <laughs> like, let's say smoking in the house yeah. or something. And they just don't want, uh, you know, they don't want anyone in there looking. Hey, it's fine. The, inter the part JoJo like, if I see someone smoking cigarettes in a house, like a tenant, I'm going back to that seller and getting a 20K reduction. Yeah, and you go back and get the And reduction. that's the thing you have to realize is it's an easy 20K on a reduction because it actually costs a good amount of money to get a bunch of cigarette smoke out of a house. So that's why you need pictures of proof to the seller. Um, and it, it's a reason to get it. So I, you got to get creative with this. I'd have the cash buyer do it. Nah, I mean, just... And by the way, if you ever deal with the tenants, they'll over tell you the truth. Like they give you more ammo to get a discount from like the seller. So whenever we can, but I do try to work with the tenants, man, because they are the key in getting these deals done. So yeah. um, I think you got, you're just going to have to be creative about it. That's all. Like there's, yeah. if it doesn't work this way, go at it the other way. Just make sure, you know, just, I always tell people the truth, man, sitting there lying and tell me you're an insurance agent or something like that. It's not the way to go in wholesaling. Yeah. Well, okay. That's a good problem to have, by the way. Yeah, it is. It's a good deal. So <laughs> I just got to get interior photos. Yeah. Right. So let us know how you creatively come up with that. But go ahead and write the contract now and make it subject to, you know, reviewing the property. That way you hold the deal and then you can just kind of deal with them. I get a lot of people when they have vacant properties, like, oh, I'm waiting for the owner to mail me a key. Go get a locksmith. Do not wait. Just spend yeah. the $75 and get it done. Yeah. So go out there and do it, man. You got this. You got it. Sounds That's like cool. a great deal. Yeah. I have one more, one more question. Same deal. Um, it is a tax deed. And so the seller is wanting to use a quick claim to close this. Would that affect anything for the 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 buyer? Um, I'm gonna give you the same answer, just run it by your title company. Yeah. I yeah. I don't like quick claim deeds. Yeah, quick claim deeds means you're, you're you're skipping something. Yeah. If your cash buyer is going to flip it, yeah. and if they flip it to a nice, um, 
FHA buyer, that quick claim deed is going to be a headache and they're not going to like it. Yeah, you got enough obstacles. Yeah. Just talk to your title company. Yeah. But honestly, if you exchange more than $10,000, you, you got to have assurances. Yeah. So like I'll, I'll do 10 grand for something that's got like a, a messy title, but it's 10 grand. So I, as long as I can make my money back in six months, I'll take that risk. Yeah. But if I'm laying out, you know, what's your, what's your, what do you think the purchase price is going to be on it? Roughly. Uh, purchase price like 90 or 95. Yeah. So would you give someone 90, 95 without the insurance that the title's clean? Absolutely. And you got to think like your cash buyers, they're thinking the exact same way. No, it, it sounds it sounds easier for the seller, but you got to explain the seller that like, Hey, is it going to cost you anymore? You're paying closing costs, right? Yeah, it's not gonna cost you. So it, unless they're completely hiding something from you. And, yeah. and once again, you can go back and look at the transaction on the deed and see like some people like to sell it without their wife knowing about it, stuff like that. You can't yeah, do you're that. giving it for, you're giving, you're paying for closing costs. They need to play ball with you. Yeah. So once again, I would put them under contract first. And then tell them why you have to do a traditional closing. And yeah. it's not going to cost them anymore. seller before. So yeah, yeah. I, I, they did I, a traditional I, closing on your other one. Yeah. we I, And I told them, look, we can go warranty deed, uh, quick claim, but it's going to go through title. Title has to clear. Yeah. Um, that, yeah. You, so you're never a quick claim will not be insured yeah. by like a title. Insurance, you're a legitimate so. company. Right. Yeah. So like you're doing business a legitimate way. Yeah. So we'll you see. should be fine. Put yeah. it under contract and then have that conversation afterwards. Yeah. Sounds okay. good. I appreciate you guys. Okay. All right. Thanks, Joe. Keep it up, man. Yep. All right. Let's get um, Isaac. What is up, Isaac? Isaac, you there? Yeah. Can you hear me? What's up? Yeah. Hello. Can, can you hear me? We can hear you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So um, I just want you guys to do me a favor. Um, I want to go over my script, and I want you to be like a brutally, like the most ignorant seller possible. We might not do. We, we I guess. Uh, what are you trying to get at? Are you just trying to do a worst case scenario? Um, no. I'm trying to. I'm trying to perfect my script. I'm trying to be able to like, um, conquer any any given situation I'm given. So I'll be able to come up with stuff in a minute. Cause I don't want to sound like I'm reading off of a script, you know. I just made this up, and I want you guys to see how it is with any given objection, stuff like that. Does that make sense? Yeah, Isaac, are you? Um, you're in New York, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm in New York, but I'm yeah, not. I'm not. We've talked. New York. You're, you're, actually, you're, you're actually pretty good, cold calling, man. So, uh, give it to me, man. You got some experience. Let's get it. <laughs> okay. Hey. Um. Hey. This, this wouldn't happen to you, Zach, would it? Huh? Hey. This 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 wouldn't happen to you, Zach, would it? Say that again? You said this happened. This wouldn't happen to be Zach, would it? This happened. This wouldn't happen to be Zach. Is yeah, my mic. My mic. He's oh, trying oh, to give you okay, a cover. Why? The volumes. Got the volume all messed up on that. I got my hearing aid down, so all I right. apologize. Uh, this is Zach. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm not gonna lie to you, man. I was in the area and I seen your property and I loved it. You wouldn't happen to be selling it by any chance? Which area do you like? Okay, I um, mean, yeah, I was in the property on Jacksonville, Florida, one, two, three Main Street. Okay, Do you, are you from that area? Um, I'm not specifically from the area, but I took a trip down the area, and I tell you, it looks nice, man. Um, I'm I'm actually a local investor in the area. I like to buy properties as is, and your property looked like it would fit my portfolio. I wanted to know. I know this is random, out of nowhere, but I wanted to know if it was interested in selling your property for a non-obligated cash offer, of course. 
yeah, I mean, if you're a resident of this area, then uh, come by. Love to see the property. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I know it's from random, like I said, but if you were able to come to terms on a price, they wouldn't have it to me anybody else that's a decision maker on the property, right? No, just be me. Okay, and did I catch what a good time to talk about it now, or? Sure. I, I mean, I, I'm kind of busy right now, but you can swing by Saturday if you want to come look at the house. I mean, I just need a few questions before I'd be able to look at it to see if it would be sure. my description. Sure. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so how's the condition of the property? I've seen the outside, but I didn't even get the chance to see the inside. So how's the condition of it? It's pretty good. Um, do you know the last time you did any repairs on the property? Uh, I never got it appraised. Oh, you never got it appraised. So the property, um, has there been any repairs in the last five years? Uh, I think I fixed the spigot on the side once uh, a couple on years ago. Okay, yeah. Um, are you familiar with the show HGTV? Say that again? Are you familiar with the show HGTV? Uh, HGTV? Yeah, so it's basically a show where they fix up houses like 2022 standards. And I wanted to ask you, if you had all the money in the world, what would you do to that specific property to make it 2022 standards? Any issues, anything that you would fix up that I need to know? I'd probably put a pool in the back. Oh, That'd be nice. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, let's go based off, you know, in interior, like structural, anything you feel like is a major cause on a property that wouldn't make it look 2022 standard, what would you do to it? Kitchen, bathroom, anything. I really like it. I like living here. Okay, yeah, you like living here. Okay, yeah. Um, Is there any major issues on the property that you're aware of or no? I don't think so. You don't think so? Okay. All right. So if you were able to come to terms on the price of the property, when are you looking to potentially move out the property? Um, probably a couple months. A couple months. Would you say 90 days? Like any days? Yeah, about 90 days. Anywhere specific you're looking to move? Say that, Come again? Anywhere specific that you're looking to move? Uh, stay in Duval County. Okay, staying in the Volcano. I actually have a local realtor here. If you wanted to, I could hook you up with him and he could find you a nice property. Yeah, sure. All right. Um, do you know how much your property's worth? Do you know anything that you're looking to get out the property, a specific amount of number? How much are you willing to buy it for? Um, like I said before, I wouldn't want to disrespect you with a low offer. I don't want to know. Like, is there any number in your mind? Not really. I mean, just come by and see if you're going to come by and uh, buy it. I mean, the way I tend to run my business, I know this may be new to you, but I tend to run offers based off a site unseen. I've been doing this for, I work with local investors who does this for a couple of years, you know. So I tend to purchase site unseen and then send a, a buyer, a, sorry, a partner to take pictures of the property. So if you were able to get a number out, you You're know. You're going to buy my house site unseen without looking at it. Okay, I, I understand how that would be an issue. I understand. I mean, I'm, I'm I did, just old school. I'm old school, you know? Yeah, I um, understand. I understand. I did drive by the property, like I said the other day. Oh, you, you drove by outside, it? You, know? you say yeah, you drove, drove by the house? The and I told you I loved it. I'm not going to lie to you, man. I loved okay, it. Oh, hey, come come by Saturday. I'll show you the inside. And if it works, we can uh, get an agreement going. If you drove by it, just come by. Okay, and you wouldn't happen to be able to give an offer. Not give an offer, but give a... Just come by Saturday. Okay. I, I'm retired. I got nothing going on. Um, Saturday, what time works you? 10 a.m. Saturday, 10 a.m. All right, sounds good. I, I didn't get to catch your name. It was Zach. This is Zach.
Okay, my name is Isaac, so just save my number and I'll call you around 9.30 to confirm the appointment. All right. Sounds good, Isaac. All right, thank you. Bro, Isaac. Yeah. Are you are you still in Brooklyn? Yeah, I'm in the Bronx, yeah. You're okay, you're in the Bronx. How are you gonna come by on Saturday in Jacksonville? <laughs> yeah, that was that was I'm not gonna lie. Bro, you, I was thinking. All right, let me tell you straight up. This is business one on one. This is how I'm brought up. This is how you gotta be real with people. Do not lie. You're gonna get and caught. You're gonna get caught in a lie. I and you don't have to here's the interesting. I could have had the same conversation in the Bronx and done really well. All you had to do is change one part of this, right? It's two things. First of all, you saying you drove by the house is a lie. So we're going to, we're going to cut that off. Mm -hmm. Next part is me and my partners are looking to buy a house in Jacksonville. The biggest difference between that is now it's you and your partners. Mm -hmm. That's the yeah. game, bro. Okay. You're going to put fear in now, them. They, now, they think a whole clan's going to yeah, show up. To look now, at the now house. Isaac, are you really going to look to buy that property and hold it in your portfolio? No. No. So your partner, though, your cash buyer might want to do it in their portfolio, right? Mm -hmm. This gives you legitimacy. And that's how you have to approach the situation. Um, and then, you know, you, this is Florida, man. Everyone just everyone says, oh, just come by the house at Saturday, you know, and, and come look at it, right? The problem with that went because I heard two lies. And then you said in the, in the last part, I'm, not, I'm just... You told me to be critical, so I'm being critical yeah, here. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. You said, I didn't catch your name. And you started with the line of, hey, is this Zach? Yeah. Just understand that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm telling you right now, like, my cold calling script is going to be the best. And I'm saying this humbly. You got to keep it simple. And I keep it real with people. The reason why my script is so short like this is because you have to be real in between the lines. Yeah. You are looking to buy someone's house for cash, and you and your partner are trying to do that. Tell me a little about the property. Now, I see the ver I see the script that you're going. I know, I, I know whose script you're talking about. No knock on this person's script, but I'm just saying the way of saying, oh, the way my company works is this. That's fine. You have to go buy it in a way when you're doing virtual of saying, hey, the way my company works is my partner's going to come by and see the property. After we get an agreement, you just can't okay. say we're gonna we're gonna buy the site on scene. Most it's, cash it's buyers are gonna get freaked out. Now, if you say we do an agreement and then our partner's gonna go buy and see it, yeah, way better. Okay, tweak those things and you'll do a lot better. I'm telling you. Um, okay. So good, Isaac, man. a couple of things on it. Just slow down and breathe, because there's gonna be opportunities when you're connecting with them to build rapport. Like when he laughs at something or something's funny, you can kind of expand. That's how you turn a script into a conversation. Okay. So you've got to use these two ears. Even though I know you're trying to get to an agenda, the only way you can connect with people and get really good deals is have amazing rapport. And so if they give you the opportunity to make it personal, go with it. If you're doing virtual and you guys know you're doing virtual, don't tell them you're driving by the property because you're going to get caught eventually in the lie and it's going to cost you a deal. So just straighten out your virtual part of it. And Zach had some good points on that. And the other one, when you like offering the realtor, you're going in uncharted waters. Yeah. You don't know how that's yeah. going to go down. Yeah. And honestly, in this market, do you really want to hook them up with a realtor to show them the shock and awe what like new properties cost? It's terrible. 
And I've lost a lot of deals on offering that service, thinking I'm helping up front. And it actually killed my deal in the long run. I don't want to be responsible for him buying a new house because okay. you know what's going on in the market. It's a nightmare. And I've had it even work, work against me in really bad markets. So less is more. Stick to your points. And the only ones I want you to expand on is when you have the ability to build massive rapport. Okay. Like Zach goes, yeah, it's, it's kind of like the sun out there because I like being out on the boat. And you're like, oh, that's really cool. What kind of boat do you have? You just, that's the expansion you go on that. Okay. Yeah. Work yeah. on it, man. I, I'm telling you is say the truth. You will never, like, I, I don't, it sounds sexier. I know there's people that'll tell you about wholesaling. Just lie about it. Say you drove by the house. I personally, when I say I drove by a house, I, will only say that if it's in my local market because yeah, I know how many opponents are because when I say I drove by a house I in Port St. Lucie I guarantee when someone says they sold a house there's an 80% chance I've driven by that house once in my entire life. Yeah. 80% chance. And they'll ask you what day did you drive by? Like you'd be surprised oh, yeah, people, but people will bust you on this is, one. But the whole part about us is like when there's a wholesaling deal in Port mm -hmm. St. Lucie 95% of the deals there within half a mile, we've personally bought in a house there. Mm -hmm. We can do that. I would be a little more careful saying that as virtual. Dude, just say the truth, man. Work on that script. It's good. I would simplify it and say the truth more and just tweak a little bit of it. And you're going to do good, man. I'm just telling you, I'm not an expert at cold calling or like the, the sales script thing. So I just have to be real. That's who I am. Mm -hmm. um, I don't feel good in my soul lying to people. So I can't do it. Yeah. Um, and I feel I get nervous, clammy, right? Like I'd be a terrible actor, but that, that's the honest truth is I, I can only be me. So well, just, one, yeah, once you start one lie, you're going down a slippery slope and yeah. it's like, it's hard to keep track of the truth. So it just, listen, you're going to lose some deals over it, but like, I'd rather you not lose a deal and just be able to sleep at night and talk to people. And as I said, just what Zach's doing, less is more. The only time you expand is to build rapport, but don't go down like the realtor road. Like, remember, they're trying to get to know you and you suddenly hit them with a couple partners. They're like, they, they're going to say, I go like, who's your partners? What's their deal? Do they have to make a decision? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, Isaac, honestly, like that's what we do. Change it. But you're good. You're good at the conversation part. Just slow it down and you got it. Just okay. get your virtual game like figured out. So just find out what roads you don't want to go down and it'll okay. help you out a lot. Boom. Okay, and another quick question I have for you guys is um, I actually have a property under contract right now, and I'm having some buyers go look through the property. But my only concern is that um, they're different buyers, they're different people, and when they go meet the seller, because the property's not vacant, so when they go meet the sellers, some of them told them that they've seen the property through Facebook. I tried to um, condition them and tell them that they would go as my partners, but it looks kind of sketchy once different people come at different times, and they keep meeting different other people. Like that partner excuse tends to start running out. It starts to look because a little fishy. Why did the sense. cash buyer, why didn't the first cash buyer buy the house? The first, Okay, so the problem with this specific property is that there's no comps within the 0.5 mile radius, but within okay. the one mile Isaac. radius, there's a lot of comps. Isaac, and the driveway is extremely long. Like the Isaac. driveway is very, very long. So Isaac, even why didn't the first cash the buyer property, buy it? Huh? Why didn't the first cash buyer buy it? The first cash buyer said that it was worth uh, less than my action price. price. 
What was the second? Why did the second cash buyer say? Why didn't they buy it? The second cash buyer actually only one was able to go inside the property. The other ones wasn't able to go inside. All right. Walk some more. If you're walking multiple cash buyers to the house and it's never the deal that's the problem, it's never the cash buyer. It's usually the price. Yeah. So cash buyers, we rarely, we rarely will go through more than two walkthroughs on a house because we're our number. We don't put anything under contract unless it's a deal. Uh, most of the time, if it's too high, it's too high. Now, one cash buyer could be trying to get you. I don't know. There's not a problem. Bring a second one through. Now, if that cash buyer is a problem with the price, you're going to have to get a reduction. Okay. Yeah, because many, many of them actually mean, when can I see it? But I can't send five different cash buyers on five different days. And the second one through. Send the second one through. And you got to underwrite your cash buyers over the phone before yeah. you send them there. And what happened when you went to that cash buyer and asked them if they're okay with that price? Did they say yes before they walked through to that price? I mean, it was listed on the marketplace, so they were texting me about the property. Isaac, did they say yes to the price that you offered to them? Before they walk through the house, no, they just actually no. They don't walk through then. Yeah, so that, they you, have to say yes to that price before they walk through. You're just you're just going to burn out your seller if you keep running them all through there. So, when I say underwrite them on the phone, you go, listen, I got this property, it's two hundred thousand. You know, it needs like fifteen grand with the repairs. This is the issue. It's the roof, the AC, and here's the you know I'm offering you at two hundred. You know, ARVs like I don't know two ninety five. With these numbers said, does that work for you? Go. I, I'm just. And either going to go yes or no, and then they walk through the property. They go, and they'll typically say, "Well, the repairs seem a little bit more than what you talked about." And then you mm -hmm. can talk about the numbers with that. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and getting pictures was also a problem because the seller is disabled, so she's not really able to take many pictures of the property. That's well, why I was heavily relying on the walkthrough part. Because pictures, yeah. I like, I got five of them, and that was a struggle to get, you know, and it wasn't the best. So the struggle, tried, just the seller herself tried the best, but I don't want to, you know, like, push stress on her. Because she's disabled, like I said before. So pictures of the property was a, was a problem. Kind of like we told JoJo, you know, uh, it worked, you know, work one of your cash buyers, but you just, you're, you're good on the phone. Just a couple adjustments, just like tell the truth, and listen, you got problems just like everybody else does. You just have to solve them as you go through. You need to vet these buyers before they get over there okay. and make sure they're good with the numbers. And then if they're not good with the numbers, they give you feedback. And based on that feedback, you decide if they're just a bad buyer or if you need to make a price adjustment. And then by the time the second buyer comes in, you should pretty much have it locked and loaded to get a deal done. So you just don't, All right, sounds good. you're not a realtor. You can't wait for like the, the average feedback. You need to get down to the hardcore numbers. That's sounds it. Good, sounds good. All right, thank you, Rod. I appreciate okay, it. Okay, Isaac. We'll All talk right. to you soon. Thanks. Appreciate it. Boom. Say the truth. Um, real quick, we got um, Wade. Wade, what is up? Wade, you there? William. William. Calling William. Boom. All right. And now we got Eduardo. Eduardo, you there? I, Dang. I, 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 I give people like a chance to hop on. So guys, when you hop on, get ready because we're going to hop you on. Yeah, you're there. Fernando's ready to go. I popped him up. He's ready to go, you know. Fernando's like, still there. He's up there. Man. JoJo's on there. So, I did I tell you, JoJo, um, 
He played in the NFL. That's why I said the scrimmage thing. I didn't know that. Yeah, we got. I, I got some people asked, was that uh, JoJo Mack from the – I love me That football. used to be the Commanders, the, the team before the Commanders. That's all I can – I guess I have to say that. But the team that used to be the Commanders, I think he played for them. But, um, I just feel for Redskins fans. Did oh you my, change you my team's all, name, I would say lose that. It. Oh, my gosh. But guys, at the end of the day, go out here and find those sellers and start marketing. I think the theme of today – was going out here and hold on. I saw one other one. I was the, the the theme of today is just taking action and um, going after it. So like that's all I could say. So if you're struggling taking action, it, it honestly comes coming down to actually going out there doing it. Hey, none run as fast as you can. It's not going to work what? out. What do you say? Just oh, got a short sale. I got a short they, sale. They and the seller is very yeah. involved. I told the seller you must do this. Unless, Move on. Yeah. yeah. I, Unless you control 100% of it, it's literally a waste yeah. of time. So, guys, go out here, take action. It's going to change your life. And that's all I could tell you. Um, keep it up, guys. Really appreciate it. Have a blessed one. We'll see you um, Tuesday. So, uh, get it going, guys. Appreciate you guys. it. I'll appreciate love. it. Have a great weekend.